uh, the end of the year, the time is very shockingly warm, and I get to listen to the sweet, sweet sounds of my upstairs neighbors being absolute tosspots. That's the, the, the truest gift of all. It's the gift of friendship and camaraderie with your fellow man. Yeah, I want to fucking lose my mind. <laughs> um, so, to that end, for this little end of the year chat, I apologize if there's background noise. I've done my best to reduce it, but it's there's only so much. Yeah, not not great. From what I've Until, heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until then, enjoy the sounds of what I believe to be the background, like background music of some sort of like JRPG or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, whatever it is, it's repetitive and bassy. <laughs> oh, maybe that. Yeah, maybe they're just playing whatever the newest uh rpg game is which i don't really know because i'm not in that i'm not in that <laughs> i'm not in that sphere i i just know that i've heard enough music from it like some like persona bullshit or whatever that stuff is it's final fantasy 14 final fantasy fuck yourselves people get a job <laughs> well they, they <laughs> definitely they definitely do which is they're also assholes <laughs> <clears throat> okay professional um, yeah but um my bullshit aside welcome to the end of the year chat for the good old 2021 it sure as shit could have been worse than last year but uh it was still pretty weird wouldn't you say um yeah i mean i mean overall it was weird but it was definitely it, i've seen a lot of talk from people that have been saying it, it was just as bad as last year but it didn't really feel like it at least not to me i they're, they're, yeah. Don't get me wrong, there's plenty shitty about it, but last year, like, blew. Yeah, like, this one, I think, I'm sure a lot of bad stuff still did sort of happen, and I think a lot of people at this point are just, like, kind of used to it, or that it's gotten so numbing that no one really cares anymore. So, you know, gotta love the world. Yeah, I mean, you kind of have to get used to it, I guess, at, yeah. at some point. Yeah. <laughs> what else are you gonna do? Just go crazy, I guess. <laughs> the space madness the the confined uh, nature of things yeah i wish I it was it. at least space madness then we have the benefit of space yeah that'd be nice imagine if we get to space imagine if e- elon musk has his big his big rocket ship and we can all get on it and fly to mars and he steps on the little uh, air pump that causes it to blast off and we can all <laughs> just live in the cosmos you know, I gotta say, if it's gonna be the choice between being stuck on Earth or being stuck in a rocket with fucking Elon Musk, I'm gonna pick Earth. <laughs> what like, a I, man. I cannot think of a more hellish existence <laughs> than a small, confined metal space with that man, whose ma- name is literally Musk. Yeah. No, that pro- that would be uh, horrible. Yeah. Oh, well. I mean, the year wasn't all that bad. There were some good things that happened. We got the Sonic 2 trailer. I'm Yay! excited. <laughs> That's all I needed. <laughs> you know, oh, I'm looking forward to that. It's a nice little benefit for coming forward in the new year, but you know, I'm sure we'll get to more titles like that. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think like what yeah. other shit really was like a highlight of this year, which I don't. It's sad to say that I don't really have any one particular thing. Um, life's mo- moved pretty quick, it feels like, at times, but also unbearingly slow. 
and um, make any huge changes? Not really. I, I moved to a different apartment, but it's still in the same city. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was clearly more... a mistake. I mean, like, fucking... I mean, yeah, true. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't blame that in this apartment. I just blame it on those people. <laughs> um, but, you know, hopefully that'll be addressed in its own way, one way or another. Um, you know, I'm kind of in a bit of a holding pattern for the next couple of months, you know, depending on, like, I'm probably going to be... Current plan is I'm going to be moving in with my girlfriend here in a few months. Um, but, you know, that, and that would require, you know, moving out of state. But that is still a few months away, and we're still figuring out the details of that, so God only knows. Mm-hmm. You know around when that might be? Uh, it should be end of April, beginning of May. Like, like, through, like through the end of April into May. Like, because my, mm, my lease okay. here ends at the end of April, so... I see. I gotcha. Oh no, we might miss the Sonic the Sonic premiere. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> uh, April twenty second. Oh okay. That's that's, that's doable. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's right before the end of the month. <laughs> yeah, like if you wanted to come up during that period, like, I think I'm, I think I might. We'll do yeah. we'll do what we did for Sonic. It'll be nice. Yeah, get a little swan song before I have to move out of state. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Otherwise, like. Life's been pretty standard. I still have my job. I'm doing better in it. I'm getting paid a little bit more for it now. Um, you know, nothing horrible, nothing too spectacular. I turned 25, so that's... I feel old, but you know. Yeah. I guess... I mean, I guess that's true. It, it the, the main upside is just the fact that it's not... 2020 because honestly nothing really happened with me either like the highlight of 2020 for me was getting uh this condo that i lived in getting that at the end of the year but you know that was the big change and now i'm here nothing nothing has really changed this year you know i'm getting more responsibilities at work still waiting to get a pay increase to reflect that uh (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah that'd be good That'd be nice. I've been pushing for it. Um, but yeah, nothing like nothing has really interrupted the status quo for me, you know. I just, mm-hmm. just live. <laughs> That's the most anyone can really ask of you. Quite honestly, the b- literal bare minimum <laughs> is to be alive. Yeah. And even then, sometimes I'm like, what if it just stopped? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's not a suicide thing. That's like, what if literally just blink and you know, we're we're done. I'm I'm not worrying about these things anymore. Yeah, that's why I got the depression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess that is a highlight of this year. I am I'm going to therapy now. Finally. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah, so that's something. <laughs> it's it's sad when that's a highlight, um, but. Otherwise, yeah, no, like, that's, it sounds pretty standard overall. Like, I can't even, honestly, I can't even say I watched a ton of stuff outside of the show this year. Like, I'm honestly just trying to remember what the fuck I did this year. Yeah. No, I I recall just thinking back on uh, previous episodes. Just, uh, just like, I didn't, I didn't watch much this year. I didn't do much this year. Mm -hmm. Damn, Stu. At that work. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... 
life as it goes. I guess that's, I will say that's probably about as good a time as any to break into some of the general questions we tend to answer. Oh, yes. Uh, I think I think we'll go ahead and get the easy one out of the way. Worst one that we did this year was Easy Rider 2. Yeah, I, I was debating. I was like, should we even like count that as a movie? I, will say, I guess it I, is. I will say we can do like other ones um, along with that. But that's just like, this is our departed of the year. Which is like, objectively, it's just bad on every level. <laughs> yeah. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't so, big on that. Yeah, so so long as that's just pretty much said right up front. But, uh, um, I mean, I'm going back through these, and honestly, at least for my money, a lot of the ones we covered this year are met are either great to they they range from great to meh, like not yeah. a lot of things that I actively disliked, which is surprising me. Yeah, I think Zero Hour was pretty dull. I'm going to be real. It was pretty dry. Um, but then again, it was comparing that to the comedy version of it, so that's always going to be a losing yeah. fight. Um, Zero Hour was dull. Uh, yeah. The Color of Money was, like, kitschy, but I didn't really, I didn't really vibe with it. A lot of it was because of the music. I remember not liking the music. Yeah. Um, I didn't really like it a lot just because Tom Cruise is weird. That too. Um, at least in this one. I, I think I gotta say, um, just kind of the more I thought back on it, I did not like the remake of 310 to Yuma. Like, I tried to enjoy it more, but like more trying to think about it, I really did not like it. I thought it was really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like, uh, I like it. The stupid, it, it was stupid. Yeah, I think I just, I, I maybe I maybe I'm just too picky about Western movies at this point. But yeah, no, I I just remember at the end of it, I was like, kind oh, of thank God, but also like, what the fuck happened? No, I mean, uh, screw it. I say go for it. You think it's yeah. stupid, then it's stupid. Yeah, this, this poor, <laughs> this, this poor guy just being soundly bled to death over the course of this film, and then just getting shot. And then this meant to be a redemptive thing. It's like, no, he was a pathetic man living a pathetic life, and everyone knew he was pathetic. Oh, when 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 next will we discuss <laughs> a film that is as hated as The Departed? Maybe Three Ten to Yuma. I don't know. Maybe the I mean, Three Ten to Yuma. <laughs> I mean, like it was it was still better than The Departed by a fucking mile. Um, oh my god. Um, there was an interview that I listened to recently with Colin Quinn, uh, actor, uh, personality Colin Quinn. And I, I remember thinking, I was like, oh, Stuart might uh, have a lot in common with this this man. He was just going through like Scorsese's backlog of <laughs> movies in discussion. And he, he like, I don't even remember. There were like two films that he mentioned that he liked. I know one of them was... Um, uh, King of Comedy, which I know we've talked about before. Yeah, um, w- but most of the others, especially The Departed, he just loathes. I get he did, he said he didn't like Gangs of New York either, which I know you're a fan of. But obviously, he's a big New York guy, and he likes a lot of these types of movies. But apparently, he just is not fond of Martin Scorsese's work. I, I will general. say, I will say, like I 
respect Martin Scorsese, and I do. I feel like I like more of his films than I've disliked. I will at least say that. I just hate The Departed. It's just the. It's just a bad movie, and it doesn't deserve the praise it got. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, but like, and I was, and I know I've harped on it for years now. But damn, because um, like I like his other stuff. Like I said, Gangs of New York. I've seen most of Raging Bull. Um, I've seen most of the Irishman, which I thought was okay. At least it wasn't bad. Um, yeah, and I just a, can't be bothered. Holy shit! Yeah, no, it's it's yeah. He's got a lot of shit that's just kind of like yeah, it's okay. Mm. Um, yeah, I think yeah, I'll have to say probably the remake to Three Ten to Yuma's, if not the my if not the least favorite is at least up there. Um, oh, I I also alongside that is the. 101 Dalmatians remake. <laughs> oh, was, yeah. No, at that's least in com- At least wow. in comparison to its original, it was pretty god-awful. It's pretty dire. I think Glenn Close keeps me from, like... Um, I mean, I think I tend to... I think I tend to agree with that. I, I guess the remake of The Wicker Man, which we discussed in the episode, we have sort of different takes on. It's, like, in a realm where... Like, I get the memory and the laughing at the badness and, you know, so bad yeah. it's good in certain aspects or whatever. But I, I remember just not being able to get into those elements. It upset me more than anything. Yeah. Um, I, and that I might just be into the whole memeiness. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely wasn't into the whole memeiness of it, but at least it was like, it could, it could have certainly been worse. <laughs> oh, yeah, there... Yeah, oh, we talked about Easy Rider too. A lot of these could have been yeah. worse. Also, it's gained another star of approval for me simply for the fact of in Jingle All the Way Two, those same simultaneous yes. talking <laughs> twins popped up, basically <laughs> confirming it as a, a connected universe. And I'm like, you know what? I dig it. I dig this weird universe that we've somehow stumbled upon. It's the biggest coup of the year. Yeah, like that is the only reason I. I want to elevate it from dog shit to just subpar. (laughs) (laughs) That's the rating scale that we use here on the podcast, by the way. If you're just tuning in, if this is your first end of your discussion, discussion, uh, it ranges from dog shit to subpar because we really do not like movies. Yeah, honestly, why do we even do this show? We actively hate them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um... I think uh, we've gotten a bit of our initial vitriol out. Um, I'm trying to see which which of these I actually liked a lot. Um, Um, So right off the bat, I've done this in the past um, where I sort of discount a movie or disclude a movie, I guess. Yeah. Uh, And I'm doing that for the original Jacob's Ladder because I'm such a big fan of it. And that's the reason I picked it. So it would be cheap for me to just say that that is my favorite of the year. Um, Fair. But, you know, outside of that, like I said earlier, a lot of what we watched, like, I actually really liked. I think because I have my all the trophies letterboxed pulled up uh, where I rank these. And it looks like Jacob's Ladder, which I obviously had as five stars. Yeah. Uh, I rewatched this year. The only other film I gave five stars was... <laughs> Was the Alistair Sim Scrooge, 
from 51 <laughs> that we just ro- watched. There's a yeah. couple of, there's a couple four and a halfs in there, but the only film I gave five stars this year that I hadn't seen before was Scrooge. <laughs> yeah, I I mean like that's definitely got to be up there for me, but that, that's a good one to pick. It's just yeah. a well-made movie and it's just fun. Right it's below a good rendition that, of the story. Right below that's The Hustler, which I also really enjoyed. Yes. Um I think yeah, Hustler's probably up there for me as well. It would have been higher if it weren't also just so goddamn depressing. Um, yeah. <laughs> as far as top, honestly, I'm, for myself, I might have to give it to the original Wicker Man. <laughs> like, I adore that one. Yeah, that's I, definitely I, up there. I, I certainly didn't expect it. Um, but I think I just, I just also have a fascination just with, like, you know, old world religious type, you know, subjects and that sort of thing and how the accuracy that they went into it with everything. Um, I think it, I, I think it deserves some of uh, the praise it's gotten over the years. Oh, um, definitely. It, it's a shame. I never, I didn't get to it uh, hmm. sooner than I did. Um, For me, I guess I'll discount dread. Cause I just, I think that's just, I just think it's a fun movie. I think it's very intense and it's just like, okay, yeah, here's just this crazy bullshit world. And now we get to just show some shit going on in it. Um, but that one I had seen before and I really liked. So, um, mm. yeah, like, but yeah, otherwise going through these, you know, I forgot we did freaky Friday. Um, oh yeah. That was early on. Yeah. Which, like, I, I kind of give or take that one. Um, it, it was, like, whatever family thing, which we've talked about in the past. It's like, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of bland, especially a lot of those live-action Disney films from the late 60s into yeah. the 70s that I can't get behind them. As much as I say I love 70s movies, those Disney family ones are so dry a lot of times and they have this weird they have this weird stale feeling about them yeah yeah it's just like there's only so much you can kind of do with them at a certain point now i'm just like of course and we also tend to have the subject of like the category of things you're most surprised by i was surprised by a lot of shit this year um yeah i i i'm glad i have this list pulled up because i really i gotta go through it um the honestly like the one i want to say is the postman always rings twice from 46 because that was such a big coup um i mean i was not expecting and and plus it being you know a listener suggested one you know shout out to oh fuck i can't remember his name now what's that ian matthew ian matthew Matthew, yes yeah that might not be the twitter handle anymore i don't recall (laughs) Uh, yeah fair but um uh, yeah, shout out to that guy for, like, recommending this one, because holy shit. <laughs> no, that was I, quite good. Yeah, I did not expect that at all. Like, the, like A, that kind of quality, B, just, like, anything to that caliber at all when hearing about it. Um, I, I still kind of flop back and forth, like, I think we both ultimately agree that the original was the better one, but still, I still did like the 81 version. Um... Just because, like, I think they did the the female lead a lot better. She just she just kind of seemed like an asshole in the first one, but the second one, she just seems straight up insane. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's scary, and I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's um, gotta be the biggest surprise, though. 
I, I, so I want to say that, but, and you know what? I will say that just generally speaking among all the movies that we've watched, but on a more personal level, um, and we discussed that a lot in uh, that particular episode, I was surprised by uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory because already I went into that episode with a chip on my shoulder about the original because as stated there, I think everything prior to entering the Chocolate Factory is so much more enjoyable than actually being in it. And so (laughs) a lot of that movie, I just, I can't get behind and I don't really like it. But I... I remember hating Charlie and the Chocolate Factory so much more than I did on the rewatch to the point where I said that I preferred it at the end of the episode. So Yeah, that, that was surprising. Yeah. I think I still said the original was better. You did, which is fine. Yeah. You disagree, don't know. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think I just I just don't like Johnny Depp all that much. Um There's plenty of reasons. Yeah. Not to. <laughs> um one I feel like deserves at least to be mentioned was whatever happened to Baby Jane, just because that was a trip. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess I was kind of surprised by the, the TV remake, because I had seen the original uh, a couple of times, and I knew yeah. how much I liked it. Uh, the remake with the uh, Redgrave sisters, Lynn and Vanessa Redgrave, mm-hmm. uh, that version had a lot of problems uh, and I I much prefer Joan Crawford and Betty Davis's rivalry seeping into the picture that makes for a much more interesting dynamic than I found with the sisters. But overall, it was a lot better than I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to it's hard to beat real world drama like the original did. Yeah, <laughs> like actual people man. hating and torturing each other. Yeah, yeah. God, early Hollywood was fucking whack. Yeah, now we got all these rules and yeah. limitations and shit. Yeah, how dare they? These <laughs> with these working unions and you know, well, I mean, they're they're they're, they're still like you know, sex rings and shit and like super illegal stuff. You know, <laughs> like look to the local, look to your yeah. news for that one. Even just today, <laughs> I won't reference specifically, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <sighs> God, this, why why do we watch movies at this point? Honestly, <laughs> uh, I do it to escape. I guess. Yeah, ironically, to escape this shit. It's self sustaining. Ugh. I think I I will say for this one though, because a lot of things have surprised me. Um, I didn't know what to expect from Easy Rider, but I did enjoy that a lot more than I expected. I even just even just on its own, not just as a comparison to the mm-hmm. true even, train wreck even. that was. <laughs> yeah, um, and even how trite you thought some of the messages were, which yeah. isn't admittedly, uh, you know, it's of its time, so that's understandable. Yeah, um, but I will also add. I will say I cannot continue on with the surprise, you know, category without bringing up Jingle all the way to. Because like <laughs> no, I, it's fine. I don't it's all right. I don't know at this point if that was just like a genuine revelation on my part of like I didn't hate this and therefore I like it, or if I've just been in a bad place. <laughs> it's just like I've been in a bad place to the point where a later Larry the Cable Guy remake is 
somehow infinitely more compelling than like 90% of the movies I've seen in like the last like half decade. Um, okay, I don't remember you saying that. That is truly bizarre. I, I know that that's that's excessive. That's excessive. Um, Dude, but, Sonic exists. Yeah, don't, I said ninety percent. Don't worry. Oh, okay. okay. Um, I take it. Yeah, back. don't. Yeah, don't worry. Um, <laughs> but I think it's like it really just was kind of just this testament of how tired I've been of the movie industry lately, and. I don't ultimately don't regret anything I've said about the movie so far because ultimately it was so harmless that it's basically meant nothing and therefore it meant everything. Um, and so I just can't bring myself to have a negative opinion about it at this point. Like, yeah, it's dumb, but like we've watched dumb and we've watched dumb that was trying to be smart. This one was not trying to be smart. And so like I can't exactly fault it. It's just like it's and it frustrates me that it's like this. <laughs> Trust me, I don't like that. I enjoy enjoyed that movie. Uh yeah, that's fair. I got it. But I, I will say though, I think one category I'd like to kind of add to this. What which Ooh. one do you think was the most boring? Just straight up, just so you were in it, you're like it was the hardest shit to watch. Not because it was bad, not because it was just like a lot going on, just because it was dull as dirt. Dull, yeah. Like, which um, would you say of all of these was the dullest? Ooh, I mean, easy answer is zero hour. But thinking thinking about zero hour, I it, it, it's weird because as a whole, it's dull. But having watched Airplane so many times beforehand, you know, and they just took the screenplay from Zero Hour and changed it. I found yeah. myself slightly more engaged just because I was picking up, like, even just lines of dialogue. Oh, like, oh, they literally just stole that entire line of dialogue from Airplane. So I don't know if I can say it was the dullest because it, it was keeping my attention even if, you know, it coming out, like, 23 years prior. It wasn't intending to do that. Right. Um, so, honestly, think about all of these. I, it, it's It directly goes against... Uh, your opinion, obviously, which we discussed in that episode, but just the the remake, the the 2012 Dread, I just could not get into, and we really? talked about it at length uh, in true, that yeah. episode. I, and I think it was because there was too much going on, so I couldn't focus on anything, and it just, I don't know, I didn't yeah. I didn't care for it that much. I didn't hate it, but I, I it it did not keep my attention. Yeah. I think I'm realizing now that dumb action flicks or just like uncomplicated action flicks are my are to me as like B movie horror is to you. <laughs> um, it, it's it's like, I know it's there's nothing to it and like there's really it deserves no real praise for it, but like I don't expect anything from it, and if it does it at least like on a technical level pretty decently, I tend to love it. Um I think that's the case for this one. Ugh. Yeah, I got that. Well, what what about you though? I know you also mentioned Zero Hour specifically as being dull earlier. Yeah, when talking I, about the worst of the year. I think it was also. I think that was kind of, and I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Is that like I can't? I can't, I feel it feels like an injustice to say it was the dullest because I did get through it. Like that was fine. Um, but I honestly don't know. 
I think <laughs> you're I know, the, I know the I, category. I, I created it. I created it, but like it's more, it's less that, and it's more me picking between options because I think it's kind of between, um, it's kind of between obviously Easy Rider two, but like again, that's a that's a cop out. Um, I found I liked the Hustler, but God, it was dull at times. Like it was mm-hmm. hard to get through it at times. Um, that and probably the whatever happened to Baby Jane's sequel. It's just oh yeah, just the like remake TV remake. Yeah, like I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just like TV remakes in general, but they just can get so fucking slow feeling. And yeah, I just couldn't consistently watch it. Like I had to watch it over the course of like an entire fucking day. It feels like <laughs> oh good lord. Um, it had to either be that or I just saw it. What was it? Fuck. Um, Really, I honestly was really bored with. I like, ironically, I was really bored with the original Judge Dredd. <laughs> I'm, I'm really thinking back on that one. I was like, I mean, like, this is kind of that. It's the dumb action flick thing, but it's like, it's doing that kind of that general era of like RoboCop and everything, or like Total Recall. That general era of action flicks where it feels like they're trying to say a message, but whereas those other movies tend to do actually send a pretty distinct message. This one kind of didn't say anything at all. It just kind of had Arnold Schwarzenegger being hammier than usual alongside Rob Schneider, which is just like, eh. Yeah. Gives a fuck. <laughs> and like, I, and it might also just be because I'm biased because I do like the new one more because I think it's just like, it actually has a very visceral feel for the universe that, that is being created there. And so I had a lot of respect for it on that front. I just God, the original it was just not interesting to watch at all. Yeah, I think I gotta give it to that one. Weirdly enough, that's fair. I just yeah, like every time I, I, I that's that's I guess the biggest damning reason for it is because like I thought back on it, it's like God, whatever happened? What happened in that movie? And that's like that's how I know what the most boring one was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just I couldn't I couldn't do it. Like, and there are just so many scenes that were just so they're like stupid action scenes they're stupid action movie scenes but there's so many scenes and I was just like why the fuck would you do that <laughs> like like uh, the one I mentioned in there was like at the very end the one like corrupt judge who's working with Rico he decides to turn on him but he does so by walking farther away from Rico directly in front of his giant killer robot then putting his back to the robot to aim a gun at him. And then it's just like, okay, how could you expect anything other than getting torn in half? We had a lot to say about... I remember talking God. about that too. So dumb. I saw that I was like, why on God? On God, why? I just like, I couldn't... Like there, are, like, like like I said, there are dumb action movie scenes that are just like okay, fine. It's just like whatever. That, that one was inexcusably stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of the summation of the whole thing for me. Really, it was just like a lot of really random dumb moves that ultimately it it was kind of it was an idiot plot. Like things progressed because people were stupid. Um, yeah, that's I just, kind of the long short of it. I, I know it's like picking it, it's it's just picking on something that's so easy to pick on, but mm-hmm. fuck me, dude. The, the Rob Schneider just existing as a whole in that movie is literally the worst part for me. 
Yeah. Like, that movie has a lot of problems, but he literally only does one thing of use, and he wasn't needed for it. Like, you could have... You could have tampered with that bot in any other number of ways. He could have just shot it. Yeah, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, like... I've seen Rob Schneider and other shit, and he's like, he's not a good actor. I'm going to just say that I don't think he's a good actor at all. Um, He is in, he has done better shit than this. Like, he's not the worst, but like, this was just like, he was pointless, and it was boring, and it was useless. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that that one's got to take the cake for me for most dull. It's just like, like nothing, it's like so much is happening in such a way that makes it feel like nothing is happening. Which I guess is how you felt about the remake. Oh. So, um, this might be something interesting to bring up that I don't know we really uh, have brought up before. But I was thinking about it following our Christmas Carol episode that we just did. Because I mentioned in the episode I tinkered with doing Christmas Carol for the two Looney Tunes specials uh, back in 2020, December 2020. And I ended up not going for it. Uh, Mm Um. But what what were I know we've we've talked about it because we text about it frequently. But what were some ideas for things that you wanted to do this year that we just didn't end up doing? Dune. Well, yeah, Dune's the big one. <laughs> that's the that's the, Dune's the big one. Dune's um, the biggest the big boy because like I, I had a couple movies. Um, I was gonna do Rollerball, which I ended up pushing for something else. Um, yeah. You know, and I I was gonna do was. I was going to do the Lady Killers, but I pushed that off because we have tossed around the idea of doing a series of short episodes uh, chronologically looking at Coen Brothers movies. And I was like, well, maybe I'll save that for if we ever do that, because then when we when it comes time to do Lady Killers, I can just do an episode on that and produce it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was just wondering if you had any anything like that that just either we'll do next year or it's just going to be pushed off to uh, some undetermined date. Yeah. Just um, some interesting behind the scenes. I will say like one that I brought up that was, we kind of had slated for next year, but I ended up kind of pulling the plug on just cause I kind of looked up more about the movies and they just kind of just looked on both cases, both dull and not great. And so I was like, I don't want to have to do another one of those, honestly. Um, but it was the, um, the movie Ned Kelly, which is a it's a historical it's a biopic of a, an actual historical figure um, from the from Australia in the I think late eighteen hundreds early nineteen hundreds. Um, it's just like it looked like an Irish Australian outlaw, and I love the story of it just because I think it's a, an incredible story of the whole situation. It's like it's the rare case of an Australian western, um, which I, I'm surprised there aren't more of. Um, but it's just like when I looked up at kind of the original ones, the original like 1970 version was really weird. Like think like kind of like original Mad Max kind of weird because Australian cinema is very kind of like it's not quite absurdist feeling, but like it's a lot of it's kind of the way they shoot it and everything. It feels like everyone's just kind of high on peyote. And... <laughs> So it's just like it just was a very weird little thing to watch because I had started watching a few scenes of it and I was like, this just doesn't feel that entertaining at the end of the day. And then the remake of it was just like it had, I think it was Heath Ledger, you know, God rest. Um Heath Ledger playing the main character, and it just like it didn't really seem to fit super well. Um also Orlando Bloom was in it as a character, and so I was like, what the fuck? 
<laughs> um, it's like yeah. Otherwise, ultimately, they both all seem kind of. Oh, also, also, fucking um, Jeffrey Rush, the guy who played, um, you know, Barbosa in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. He's also in it. He's a police captain. <laughs> so, little Pirates of the Caribbean get together there with the two of them. Um, I think like it's a maybe for the future if like. I really just want to do another Western or something, but it's otherwise I saw the clips of both of them. It just kind of just didn't grip me. Honestly, it's just like, it was going to be another one of those where it's just kind of like, it, like it's going to be basically like pulling hairs, trying to find an ultimate opinion. Cause we probably would have just been bored off our tits. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Did yeah. you have any for this year? I'm, I'm wondering for this year. I don't think uh, so. Like I ultimately, a lot of the ones I came up with, I was always pretty confident about. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any in particular I actually re- I regretted. Um, God, I don't know. I I don't think there's any that I particularly regret. I'm, I'm sure Easy Rider is your choice if you had to pick one. Uh, yeah. I didn't know. I mean, I kind of knew it would be bad. It's just. I thought it would be shot in a funny way. Like I thought it would be I thought it would look like an ABC family movie or something, but I should have remembered this was literally just produced by some Ohio lawyer. Like uh sure there's money behind it. You can kind of tell that because it looks better than like a student film or like a YouTube film. Does does that mean it's as good just cuz the quality is slightly better? No, of course not. <laughs> But yeah. uh, I I don't know it it literally it looked like a porn in a lot of scenes. Uh, it, it, yeah, like that's, that's I, kind of the <laughs> ultimate thing. It, it really does just straight up look like a pornographic film. Um, and just like how divorced it is from the original movie, it's just like it's so shockingly weirdly bad. Like, like we've we've had bad ones, even with fucking The Departed. It's at least like it was at least effort was put towards it. And there was a certain amount of craftsmanship that went into it. And I can't deny it that. But God, this one just like... I don't know why it had to happen. Like, I don't know at what point when people are making that, that they ever at any point decided, let's keep going. It's like, no. Why it's would just, you do that? It's just a lunatic. It was one lunatic yeah. who was able to buy the rights to the movie. That's That's it. Yeah, it's so shockingly strange. I, I think the only one, I think the only one, I, though, to like, so that we don't have to, you know, continue to shoot the barrel, the fish in this barrel. Um, I think the only one I would come close to saying I regretted necessarily would actually have been 101 Dalmatians, simply because like, going into that, I knew that wasn't going to be a contest. Like, yeah, come on, it's 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> It's just I know we like every year we tend to do a Disney remake, and at least when we did Beauty and the Beast, it was at least kind of like pretty even handed. Wait, did we did Beauty and the Beast right? Yeah, we did that like okay. our second year, I think, in February. Okay, cool. Yes, after the yeah. Muppets, I think. No, for a split second there, I was like, wait, we, I, I, like, I, ch- I was checking my memory. It's like, wait, wait, have we done that one? Because um, <laughs> I had seen both of those outside of the show originally. Um, but yeah, like I knew going into this one, I wasn't gonna think the remake was any better like come on like i adore the original 
I think it did a lot of interesting things with the story. I think it, it developed Cruella DeVille as a villain even better. So I think she was obviously the best part. But just like the fact that it's all fully just normal dogs, like not talking and everything, it's just like kind of takes away from any amount of dramaticism with them. It's like, what the fuck is going on? They really did screw the pooch on that one. No, no pun intended. (laughs) uh, Honestly, no pun intended. I wasn't even thinking, but I I figured, uh, don't worry. Yeah. That was just, I don't know what they were thinking there. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's right. Never mind. I remembered we were going to do the mummy this year too. I don't remember why we didn't exactly. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. Why didn't we do that one? I don't know. Maybe was that one scheduled meant to be for like a Halloween one or something? It might have been a Halloween one that you had planned that got bumped for Phantom. Yeah, yeah, I think that must have been it. And like honestly, we could do it at any time of the year. Honestly, oh yeah, we did Wicker Man uh, halfway through the year. There's there's no law. True. <laughs> True. I guess the argument can be made that Wicker Man original is just a thriller. But yeah. Oh well, but, well we Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In any case. Um <laughs> I think yeah, that's gotta be the only one I regret. Because like, come on, like talk about fish in a barrel. <laughs> fair, 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 fair. Uh hmm. you have any uh oh wait, I, I forgot. So um I think I don't think we have anything else to say on the 2021 podcast as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we? Not that I can think of. Okay. Um, so, the one thing I want to ask, and you can go back through, that's one of the reasons I have my letterbox list pulled up, is we usually talk about our favorite thing that we watched just over the course of the year that was unrelated to the podcast. Yeah. And just starting off, uh, well, you know what? No, I'll, I'll uh, let you go for some thinks on it because i actually got to think about this this one actually um kind of came in as a surprise because i haven't actually talked about it on the show yet of having seen it because it happened in between recording sessions oh damn um, yeah i went home for <laughs> i went home for christmas um and i went with my dad to go see the 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 king's man like the the prequel oh for the Kingsman series. yeah i honestly loved that one <laughs> um it was really? stupid, obviously. Like it takes heavy liter- liberties when it comes to history, um, and it's kind of the whole point. And like, there's so many plot holes to it. But honestly, I truly don't give that much of a care because I do think it's the best one out of the Kingsman series so far. Um, the other two, the sequel especially, I like were pretty hokey to the point of like, like the thing with with spy movies is that if you're doing it in the modern age, you kind of have to have a certain level of like sleekness to it to be able to pull it off well in my opinion and it just doesn't really do that at least for the sequel the original one it did i think it it pulled off pretty well just because like it was able to hit that line with kind of campiness but with the the king's man having said it in world war one was probably the best option because like (laughs) it gives it that level like technological you know like a lower technological level that kind of gives it this sort of almost kind of believability to a lot of the stuff that they do and so it adds to a lot of the intensity it's not just like oh everyone has like chips in their brains and there's this whole crazy thing where like everyone on earth is going crazy it's like no it's going with a very real subject of people going to war for stupid reasons and this whole like crazy affair of the monarchs of europe 
being literal cousins who are like literal childhood <laughs> friends just being dumbasses and shooting at each other and like there and like there's one particular scene that i adored it's this there are these um the main character is in this british unit it's in obviously in no man's land like in the trenches and everything and he has to go in nightfall with another like serious like another group of soldiers and to go collect this like I think Fallen Document or something. I can't remember the exact details. Also, I don't want to give spoilers. Um, Fair. Fair But they... And this isn't too spoilers because they do show it in the trailer as well. Because, like, every movie has, like, that big, like, intense, like, sort of semi-one-take-looking fight. This one was... They end up encountering another group of Germans trying to do the exact same thing. But none of them can use their weapons because both sides of their trenches would just mark them out and shoot at them. And so they all have to bring out like knives and axes and bats and have this like silent fight in the middle of no man's land. And it is one of the most (laughs) intense fucking fight scenes I've ever seen. It's so good. And it's just like, it's like the whole thing, like all of them are in agreement. Like, yeah, we can't be firing weapons. So we're going to beat each other the fuck to death. Like, like right in each other's faces. It's so intense. Um, and ends up culminating with one dude ending up, you know, still getting fired at by both ends of the trench. And just, it's this intense chase scene. So, it's it's one of the more intense scenes I've seen in a movie for a while, honestly. Like, kind of harkening back to, like, the original movie with, like, the, there's the big church fight scene. And it's, it's pretty phenomenal. <laughs> it's still, like, like I said, like, me being the history nut that I am, it's hokey as I'll get the fuck out when it comes to certain bits and pieces. Like... Like it's meant to be like World War One and by extension World War Two are basically all orchestrated by like one angry Scottish guy. <laughs> it's it's pretty absurd, but it does it in such an intensity and everything that it's actually like okay, this guy's an actual threat. <laughs> it's like yeah, fuck, <laughs> and yeah, wow. like overall, like a lot of it's predictable, but it was good. I love I loved it a lot. Wow, I wonder if I shouldn't give it a chance then. I know that the two of us have made fun of it quite a lot <laughs> before it came out. I remember going over the films coming out this year, last year, in the last end of year episode, and we were yeah. both rolling our eyes at it because like, I thought the first one was okay, and then the second one was just like, why the fuck did I watch that? So yeah. I, I, I was, was like, the well is sort of dry on this, and I was not really looking forward to it. I was hopeful going into this one because I, I had the same thought of it when I first saw the trailer of like, you know what, this could go well um, with having the you know the separation from for time periods like because it benefited from a lot of like more practical effects with it being like just like okay we're just having people in a fucking trench shooting at each other with mud flying around it's hard to fuck that up um, do something simple but do it well and I think that's exactly what they did. Okay. Wow, damn. Yeah, um, fair. <laughs> is, is that uh, it for... Well, I take it that would be the best of the year for yeah, you. Yeah. No I'm, Harder honestly, They I'm Fall. I'm going back through, like... Harder They Fall is pretty all over the place. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to look at other... I remember you saying... Shit that came out so. this year, honestly. Not a whole lot else that I even watched this year, to be honest. Um... I watched a lot of, like, TV shows and everything that are just kind of, like, back and forth. But, yeah, no. Otherwise, I can't really see anything in particular. I oh, think okay. If I had to pick a worse one, it's probably Free Guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. That was 
pretty rough. Fucking hated that one. Like, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, you are on thin fucking ice, my man. Oh, I warned you, but you had to. What you saw it with? Like it was work, a it was a company people. event. Like I didn't have yeah. to pay for the ticket at least, which is fair. I mean, I mean, uh, I guess if someone else paid for it, I'd be more cautious about like walking out or something. Right. So, I, I get that. So, um. Yeah. So as long as my own money didn't go towards that dribble. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, it's really obvious, and since I just talked about it so recently, I won't delve too much into it, but I think of the new things that I saw this year, uh, it's probably Dune that takes huh. it. It probably is. I, I really liked it. I know it's still, like, middle of the road for a lot of people. A lot of people think it takes too long to set up. Uh, yeah, I think that's the main so complaint. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the main complaint, but I think it, I think it does it well enough. Um, yeah. Oh, you know what? No, just last week I I completely forgot somehow. Just last Friday, another movie we did not discuss on the podcast because I just saw it between hey. the last episode and this episode. <laughs> look, look at the end of the year coming in clutch <laughs> with the good movies. <laughs> uh, I I ended up seeing um, uh, Spider Man No Way Home. Oh yeah, I've, I've been wanting to see that. I've, I've seen all the spoilers of it, obviously, because I'm a yeah. Spider-Man I mean, case. just the fact that it exists, I won't go too heavy into a lot of it, even though I'm sure most anyone that's on the internet has already seen all the spoilers that there are. But yeah, like use your brain with the when they showed the fucking original Doctor Octopus. What the fuck do you think shows up? <laughs> yeah, but it, it was it was good. Like I I thought that I would like it to a degree. Just because uh, I was one of those few people who, we don't have to rehash all our previous Marvel discussions, but I'm not yeah. a big fan of a lot of those movies. But I did like Homecoming, and I was okay with Far From Home, even though it has some plot contrivances that I don't really care for. Um, it, it feels a lot more like an MCU movie than the first one does. It, it tends to bring a lot more of those elements into it than Homecoming did, uh, and Homecoming yeah. straight up has Iron Man, so that's yeah, true. Not that's not good. <laughs> and, then, and then fucking far from, and then you know far from home won't shut up about him. <laughs> yeah, but damn if uh, the one thing I was worried about is that you you watch the trailer, you know exactly what you're getting into. I thought it would be way too reverential uh not uh, referential in talking about itself and its history which is what it's going out to do but if you do if you don't find the fine line it gets really fucking obnoxious um but i think the movie actually did it really well i i was i was surprised uh by how that how it sort of holds up and how it does it there's there's only two things in the movie that i groaned at there and it's literally okay when you're talking about a character's history or you're talking about like a movie franchise, which I just discussed in the last episode with Ghostbusters Afterlife, um, there's some references that I think are okay and then others that aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're talking about characters, movie scenes, or just like plot points, uh, little background Easter eggs or whatever too, like all that's fine as long as it sort of 
contributes to the plot because if it doesn't then it's a reference for the sake of being a reference um (laughs) probably the one biggest sin that i can't stand in these types of movies is just referencing past dialogue because then it uh, when i say that it sounds stupid because it's like you can reference past dialogue to tie up a plot thread or to sort of do a full circle in the movie itself with theme thematic themes for lack of a better word you know all all that but but um no way home does it twice for the sake of appealing to meme culture and that really frustrates me yeah i Um, I know exactly what you're talking about yeah um but it it's small and it doesn't take away too much from the movie It's, it's just a groaner for me personally um, but you know, it's not like Ready Player One levels of obnoxiousness or anything. Uh, and it ends spectacular. <laughs> I love the way the movie ends, especially because it's almost like, okay, we finally figured this out. We're finally listening to fans. We know what they want. We're getting ready for the next movie. And then all the stories coming out where Tom Holland's gone on interviews. Like, I think I'm done with Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can just see Marvel executives in the boardroom I, okay. screaming. What? <laughs> Yeah, what I think what I think is happening is like because I know they like Sony repurchased Spider Man. I'm pretty sure was the whole deal. Yes, and I think what's what and what happened with this one was that they were basically allowed to like make one more to kind of tie it up. I mm-hmm. think what's going to happen from here is that it's going to be some level of independent Spider Man show or independent other Spider Man movies. I don't know if it'll necessarily specifically have Tom Holland in it though. It might continue that story, but. Um, or for all we know, it might just kind of leave off like there. It's like, okay, now this is just kind of like how that, you know, the universe is now. Um, and it's like, I have, yeah, I, I, I do hope that Tom Holland does go off to do good things and everything. I've never really liked him as Spider-Man, I'm going to be honest. Um, I think, I think I've given the opinion of before, but I think the Sam Raimi movies are the best movies. I think Andrew Garfield is the best Spider-Man. I I don't get the... It, I'm pretty sure we talked about this in our Spider-Man episode. You're right. I don't understand why people love Tobey Maguire so much as Spider-Man, except for just nostalgic factors, because I really don't like him in that role. People are always talking yeah. about how good the Sam Raimi movies are, or at least the first two. And it's like, yeah, because of Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina. That's yeah, exactly, why those movies exactly. are good. <laughs> yeah, like that, that's something with with Spider Man content is that it's it lives and dies mo- most of all by its villains because you know Spider Man's rogues gallery is you know legendary at this point. It it, it is the Batman of the Marvel universe. That's why Spider Man is my favorite Marvel character for the same, same reason Batman's my favorite DC character. It's the villain. Also same, yeah. <laughs> um, with the possible exception of the question, just because he's he's weird and I love him. He, he's got a cool uh, modus operandi. He's got a yeah. cool look. But I realize he is basically just Batman also at the same time. He's just Batman if he were like just like a detective. Like a doesn't have a lot of money. And... Yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, I just and that's and I think that's why Far From Home or No Way Home, sorry, um, did so well because it brought in the really good villains and it brought in the really good actors and the really good effects and the really good like story writing for the whole situation and it worked out perfectly. Yeah. Um so I'm glad that that did well, and I'm glad that people are enjoying it so much. And yeah. I have absolutely no idea where the Spider-Man stuff is going to go from here, other than the fact that there's going to be, uh, you know, obviously more Spider-Verse into the. Spider-Verse oh yeah, lines. we'll talk about that. Don't you worry. <laughs> Woo. Um, 
Uh, but yeah, yeah. That, I guess that was my favorite of the year, and then Dune is, I guess, right behind it. Yeah, that's uh, it. That's a good choice. It's funny because I've been going to the theaters every two weeks since like June, I think, starting with Space Jam: A New Legacy whenever that came out, and I've just been doing it every two weeks. And I've seen a lot of the movies that come out this year. And it, it wasn't until the very end of the year where I'm like, oh, these are some good movies. <laughs> so most of what I saw was, it was Space Jam. It was Free Guy. It was, it was just stuff that was making me roll my eyes and be like, what the fuck? Yeah. And the new yeah, Halloween, it, yeah. which I liked after the fact, but const- every time I think about back on it, I'm like, eh, how much did I like that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so. I'm, it's still, I'm still trying to even think about what all I watched this year, and it was not a lot. I feel like I watched a TV show at some point, but I can't tell you. Like, like I started watching Star Trek Next Generation, but I kind of fell off that just because, like, I don't know. I just can't do shows that long. Mm-hmm. I know you started oh, Cowboy sure. Bebop. Yeah, I started Cowboy mentioned. Bebop. I've, yeah, and, like, I, that, that one I just haven't um, had specific time to sit down and continue watching it. So, like, I've enjoyed it so far, um, but I just I just need to continue it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, it just... It felt like kind of a dead year when it came to that sort of which I guess is kind of expected <laughs> with the whole, like, you know, virus thing. But it just, like... And I've hinted at this through other episodes, and I've even said, like, I'll talk about it at the end of the year episode. I just... I'm, I'm really in that dip for enjoying movies lately, especially with what Marvel's done to movies and everything. And yeah. I'm going to be real. I'm going to need to kind of talk about Spider-Man No Way Home spoilers to kind of get into a point that I have. Um, All right, everybody, so, right now, yeah, uh, what what I'm going to say right now for this, we're talking about No Way Home spoilers. Uh, it's just to be generous to you guys during the editing process. I'll take the start and the end time if you care, and I'll put it in the description. Yeah, there and you go. I will do. I will do my <laughs> best not to ramble too hard about this, but it is, in my opinion, important to kind of just like discuss because of the implications it kind of puts on movies as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. So. You know, you have been warned if you have truly managed to avoid and not presume what sort of spoilers are coming out of this movie. I want to know how you've done that because, my God, I want that level of peace in my life. <laughs> um, but, yeah. yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert, obviously, stated. Um, but, yes, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire do show up as their version of Spider-Man in the No Way Home, in, in Spider-Man No Way Home. Like, they show up from other universes just like these other villains have. Um and it's kind of the whole crux for the third act of that they are now present and they're helping out Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point I want to make to that end is that while this is super rad and I'm so happy that they've done this ultimately, it worries me for what all Marvel can do with this in the fact that I've kind of I've lamented in the past before of like how movies can't really exist on their own anymore. A lot of this has partly been, you know, people have been making those theories of like, oh, all these these universes are connected. That's sort of thing. Like since like the internet's existed, and the internet has kind of allowed for these things to thrive even harder. Of the fact that we're able to constantly go back and rewatch some of these movies is that we're able to find details to try to connect things like this, and with this firm connection of multiverse jump between. I am scared that this is basically the floodgate that there is no longer going to be standalone movies at all. Like, 
literally anything could be referencing anything at this point. And while there's a certain level of creative and kind of almost like philosophical coolness to that of like, oh, you know, like now all movies can kind of exist on their own and kind of have their own thing. And there's a reason that certain things don't necessarily line up, even if it's the same characters, the same properties. With that comes the fact that like anyone could just start referencing anything at this point and it could be completely valid. And I don't want to have to go back and watch other bullshit movies just to watch one fucking action flick. Mm -hmm. I, I have hated the fact that all the stuff with Marvel is that you have to see like all of it in order to be even a little bit caught up. You have to do all this sort of stuff and they're basically able to lay claim to whatever the hell they want at this point. And with this explicit knowledge, like statement of we can now connect these universes, we can now connect these films. Where is the end to it in sight? Like you could do Marvel with Pride and Prejudice for fuck's sake. <laughs> and there have been jokes made about that before. There's Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, which is a hilarious par- parody film. But I just I don't think this is going to be done with any kind of sense of care or anything. I'm genuinely just like I just want movies to just kind of be on their own. I want to be able to just be like, okay, here's this one thing, and I don't have to worry about ever worrying about another movie connected to it ever again. And the fact that I can't promise that for literally any movie now sucks. <laughs> yeah, I I don't... Not to get too much into it, but I... I yeah, I don't think it's really avoidable anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that, I mean, we've been on a fast track, like... Ready Player One, and as we just talked about earlier in the year with Free Guy, it's just that Marvel has been doing it in-house with its own, like, things for so long now that it's it's able to turn that into a more viable market. It's like, we're not just referencing things. We're referencing our own things, you know? This isn't just, like, a Hawkeye poster in the background. This is, if you didn't just watch the new Hawkeye show, then you won't understand why Kingpin is doing this in this Apple Plus TV exclusive or whatever. Yeah. So. Oh, God, I just realized Marvel's becoming Kingdom Hearts. And that's kind of, yes! <laughs> okay, oh, I'm not no. against it anymore. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Oh, no. <laughs> God help us all. Yeah. <laughs> the the snake has eaten its own tail. The Ouroboros of Marvel has is finally risen. Oh, It'll be in the no. next Thor movie. Um uh, I, yeah, I just I'm so worried about movies, man. Like Marvel is such such a fucking precedent and and if you want to go ahead and have a time marker, I'll go ahead and stop directly referencing Far From Home. Okay. Um, right now. But like, I just, I'm so worried about the state of movies with how, with what Marvel's been doing with it all, just because I want things just to be their own art pieces. I don't want to have to go into a museum. You don't have to have seen all of Van Gogh's previous works to be able to have any sort of context for what you're seeing on display here. You just need to be able to see what you're seeing here. And as much as we, as much as movies try to fucking show it otherwise, they are an artistic medium. You're supposed to be able to enjoy them for what they are. And the fact that we're basically encouraging creators not to do that now is bad. Because, like, even if we're not encouraging them, like, oh, hey, you have to make a wider universe. You obviously don't have to. But the fact of the matter is is that individual pieces aren't going to get the notoriety they deserve now. 
and that sucks. Yeah, and it's just like it, it, like so many of these small developers, and I and I talked about it in the um, Jingle All the Way um, episode, but it's like um, the one actor who's he, he was in he's in actually one of the he's in Thor actually he's the Scandinavian uh, professor guy. Um, I can't remember the actor's name. I but, don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. Sure, like, honestly, I'll, I'll try to look it up right now. But he was discussing how in Norway or Sweden, where he's from, they would show movies at theaters for like 20 years. Like One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest played off and on every summer for like the better part of 20 years. And so that's how he got part of the popular zeitgeist. It was like, oh, you know, obviously yeah. he didn't have the internet and a lot of places probably couldn't rent it or anything. Yeah, so, we've talked about this. I remember this now. Yeah. And so it's just like that sort of thing can't happen anymore. Like medium budget movies no longer exist at all. And like the only other things are like these weirdly like very specific, um, you know, smaller budget films or like very eclectic films are meant to just kind of either paying on nostalgia or really weird shit. Like this one movie that came out recently, it was called Licorice Pizza or something, which is basically just 70s. You remember them? You remember mm-hmm. that era? Um I didn't see it myself, but my family, the other members of my family did. And that's really all it is. It's just referencing, like, shit in the 70s and how shit looked in the 70s. And that's the only way even small budget films, smaller budget, I should say, smaller budget films are going to get that kind of notoriety. It's like with The Artist, uh, the silent film that everyone loved for, like, 10 minutes. Um, Mm -hmm. And then it's just base. It's just pulling on nostalgia. And that sucks. <laughs> like I want to be able to have like these weirder independent movies or smaller budget or medium budget movies. They're just doing it their own thing. And they're amazing. Like for fuck's sake, one flew over cuckoo's nest is amazing. And I don't think we're ever going to get anything like that again. We're never going to have another film. That's going to get the big five. I know that for a damn fact. Oh no, no, nothing like that. What I was going to say is theaters. It's funny because are theaters dead? No, they're not. I can tell you they're not because I have actively been going to them, and sometimes, like when I watched uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, it's literally just to me and my father in the theater. Yeah. Uh, but when I go watch something like Spider-Man No Way Home, which is a Marvel hit, literally the entire theater was packed. Even Shang-Chi had a decent amount of people in there. So it technically, is the theater dead? No. Is But if you were to ask me if it's dead, I'd say yes. Because... Yeah. Movies like the Marvel movies are the only thing keeping most theaters in business, and then they can just fill out the roster with other films that come out between those times. Case in point, I based on the trailer and the fact that it's it's not the Coen brothers, but it is a Joel Coen production, The Tragedy of Macbeth, I saw one trailer for it in theaters, and I was like, I really want to see that. That looks really cool. Not in a yeah. single theater anywhere near me. It's in theaters, but not near me, so I gotta wait until it comes to streaming. What streaming service is it gonna come to? Apple TV Plus. I am oh, not paying for Apple TV Plus, so it's like, okay, well, I'm either gonna go out to Redbox whenever it reaches Redbox, or I uh, might have to use uh, some other measures. Yes. Other <laughs> but I try measures. not to do that. I try not to do that for creators that you know I actively enjoy. Yeah, uh, but it, it, they make it very hard. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, was that released in theaters? Yeah, but nowhere near me because it was a limited release because are a bunch of people going to go see it? I don't, in theaters, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I, I will say like, um, like to the end of just damning Apple TV anymore, uh, like even more. 
Um, while I was home, we, we ended up watching a documentary about Julia Child, the, you know, obviously famous um, TV chef. The famous um, TV chef! Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, <laughs> I, I personally loved it. We rented it, we could only rent it on Apple TV. To rent it was 20 fucking dollars. Oh my god! Yeah, it was insane! <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's just like, I cannot begin to put up with this shit anymore. Like, it's... Uh, and like, and to that, like also to that end, um, when I saw uh, the King's Man, I, there was also another trailer in there um, called uh, what was it? It was it was everything all it was everything everywhere all at once. It was an A twenty four film, and it's about it's honestly it's about like like how it like it's honestly kind of referential this sort of thing. It's about this woman who gets contacted by someone who like helps keep control of the multiverse, um, which is to say she is this individual who's just like this kind of like poor office worker, but in other universes, she's this action hero. She's this, she's her literal, the actress herself literally in our universe. Um, or she's, you know, an animated character or she's this alien creature or whatever these other things. And she's able to basically mentally connect with all these ones to call upon their skills and knowledge and everything. And so she has to fight like other multidimensional beings who have the same ability essentially. And it looks crazy and stupid, and I absolutely adore it. Mm. Um, and I know for a fact that's probably gonna have the same deal as Macbeth. It's gonna get a limited release because it was very kitschy. It was very. It seemed very independent for what it was. I mean, it was got some big names in it. One of the side characters is fucking Jamie Lee Curtis, for God's sake. Um, and even the main actress herself, I can't remember what her name is, but she's very. She's a very famous one. Everything, every. Where all at once? Um, oh yeah, uh, Michelle Yeoh, um, who's done a bunch of different things. Um, God, what, what other shit has she been in? Um, oh shit! Well, shit. She was in Shang Chi for for one thing. Um, she was the sister to um, the main character's mother, who they meet in like the like the Shangri La place or wherever the fuck they end up. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, like that one's gonna that one looks amazing to me, and I know for a fact, just like you, it's probably not gonna be showing anywhere fucking near me. <laughs> like there <laughs> oh, might be what like, a shame. The, the city I live in at least has a decent film scene, but it's not great. <laughs> it's like yeah, it honestly might not show up here. So Yeah. <sighs> I just I so. hate I hate where the movie industry is right now. But I am hopeful simply because of the fact that Eternals, the Marvel movie, is their first one with a negative Rotten Tomato score, which tells me the god can bleed. Yes. Yes, it can. And uh, we'll see. There's there's five upcoming Marvel movies next year. So uh, we'll we'll be sure to go through those soon in our upcoming movies chat and uh, see where we think this is headed. (laughs) Yeah. I I even got a trailer for one of them before No Way Home. Um, Hmm. But uh, we don't, I doubt we'll have a lot to say on this, but uh, we usually touch on the uh, the awards that came out. Yay. Yeah, I 100% do not know what awards were given to what. <laughs> I know I, the Oscars aren't until next month, right? Or have they already happened? Well, they already happened for, 20, for 2020, excuse me. Oh, yeah, that was it. Uh, yeah, they're going to happen yeah, next year for 2021. I mean, 
the worst part is is that usually it's like I haven't seen oh Jesus mm-hmm. it's usually I haven't seen a lot of these but this time around it's like I haven't even heard of most of these yeah it's like I think that's going to be the case just because like not a lot was able to come out it's like best picture the best picture for 2020 was Nomadland which is like the only one of these that I had heard of, and that's only because Frances McDormand is like the star. Oh, I was like, I, I like her in Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, she's she's been in things, right? Yeah, and I mean, she won Best Actress for that role too. So, Best Production Design and Best Cinematography both went to Mank. I don't know what that is, but I thought there was a TV show called Mank. <laughs> There's one called Monk. Yeah, that's the one with Tony Shalhoub, right? He has OCD and he solves murders. I don't have any idea, dude. I just know it exists. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. I think it's a. I think it's a crime show. Yes. Mank is a 2020 black and white biographical. Biographical. Oh my god. (laughs) Biographical drama film about Herman Mankiewicz and his development of the Citizen Kane screenplay in 1941 or 1940. I have okay. got to say Citizen Kane is a dull film. It is. Like, we'll, we've we've that, mentioned that too. We've mentioned this before. I'll just <laughs> say that outright. It's a brilliant film ultimately, but by modern standards it's dull as dirt. I cannot yeah. in my entire brain think of a more dull concept than the story of writing the screenplay for that movie. Like, I'm sure it was crazy, and I'm sure there was some stuff going on, but on the surface, it sounds duller than dirt. <laughs> so I'm going to pull this up movie up, actually, because i got to know who plays Orson Welles. <laughs> Tom Burke. Who the fuck is Tom Burke? English actor Tom Burke, born in 1981. Okay. Now I gotta look Tom Burke up. Great. It's just an English actor. He's in like War and Peace and like I've I've heard of none of these things. Strike, the BBC series, The Musketeers. What the flying hell? <laughs> Donkey Punch. Of course he was in Donkey Punch. Oh, what like, is Donkey Punch? I can't forget about Donkey Punch. Also, <laughs> fucking, I looked him up. One of the images, is this a, okay, oh, it's a split image. Okay, for a second there, there's an image of him where he is uh, alongside another actress. But I thought for the life of it, it was just like, it was just also showing an actor, just a straight up different person under like images that are listed. <gasps> oh, I see what you're talking about. It's like him, 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 woman. Lady. Well, I think she's she's in the, one of the Doctor Who series. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was. I the, have no knowledge on that. I think she was like Peter Capaldi's first assistant or whatever the hell. I don't. I don't know. I saw her. She. She's been mm. in some other shit. She, she was fair. in. She was in Doctor Who. That's all I can remember. Um. um but yeah, like, like we sort of alluded to, we don't pay much attention to these. I sort of bring it up just because it's. It's there and it exists. It. I, I just don't... I haven't seen most of these. The only other thing that I want to bring up, and it's really depressing, uh, Best Animated Feature Film at the Oscars and Best Animated Feature at the Annie's uh, went to Soul. <sighs> but 
the competition it had were shit. So it's <laughs> like, what else could have possibly won? Yeah. <laughs> Onward, The Crudes, A New Age, Trolls World Tour. Oh, God. <laughs> Straight trash. Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. I don't know. I heard people like that. Okay. Apparently even the troll but, movie was actually pretty good. <laughs> was it? Apparently. Like that was like I don't remember that because that was the first movie that they really like that was that was the first one that was hitting headlines for like it was meant to hit theaters, but then they only did it on streaming services and it did really, really weirdly well. And so that's when everyone decided, hey, what if we just put all our money into our streaming services now? <laughs> huh. So it's that one's fault. <laughs> uh Blade Trolls World World God. Tour. Damn. <laughs> uh, yeah, sick, due to the COVID-19 pandemic was simultaneously released on video on demand. AB- AMC Theaters announced it would no longer distribute films by DreamWorks. Those, this was later reversed after AMC and Universal agreed on a new contract. What does that have to do with COVID-19? Because they pulled it from theaters? I guess. I don't even know why that is brought up in the same paragraph. Okay. um well that's really all i have on the awards shows unless you have anything it's really best picture and then best animated picture and everything else is like i haven't heard of it i haven't heard of it i don't know what this is sound of metal sounds interesting a drummer that loses his hearing i was like i don't know maybe i'll look look at that but had i heard about it beforehand (laughs) no it's just yet another damnation of just, like, how I feel about those kinds of movies. Like, or, like, those kinds of award shows of just, like, I truly don't care anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. It just feels so pointless. It's the it's the pat on the back show. Yeah. Pretty much. It's how hard can Hollywood suck itself off. <laughs> <laughs> they can do it. Trust them. I've, I've seen it before. It's amazing. It's like Hollywood got a rib removed. <laughs> Just broke its back about eight different times. Oh. Well, if we have nothing else to say on that, we will move to the uh I'd say the meat the meat of the show, I think, of the end of year shows. Uh-huh. Uh just where we go over, we we pull up the the films for next year and we just sort of go through, you know, what's coming out, what could we cover? We complain about Marvel. We look at Disney, like all those <laughs> yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I guess you got a big whole list of partial, uh, you know, posters here. Um, a lot of them are depressing to look at. <laughs> My just God. going through it, like what the King's Daughter is that the next Kingsman movie? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I see. I saw this one. Like I haven't seen the trailer for it yet, but it's called "The Bad Guys," and all I know is that the furries have been losing their minds over it. Are you <laughs> shitting me? Where is that? It's it's just it's just called "The Bad Guys," and it's got like it's like these very stylistic like like anthropomorphic animal type characters. Oh, okay. <laughs> Notice it's <laughs> one of the writers of the screenplay for "The Bad Guys" is Eton Cohen. Not Ethan Cohen, Ethan Cohen. Huh. I wonder how much uh, work he's gotten pushed through. People thought they were dealing with the other guy. There's a sequel to Orphan, that one weird horror film coming out. When is that coming out? It, it, it just says 2022. 
Oh, okay. The one I have has like some dates highlighted for some of them. Yeah. Like but for some something like Orphan, dates. I would. Ex- oh, that's fair. Well, for some. No, never mind. They all have just. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> for Orphan, I usually for something like that, I'd usually assume that'd be like an October thing for Halloween. But a lot of horror movies come out in like February and March. That's the safe. That's the time when everyone's not focused on the movie industry so much, so they feel safe to release it. They can squeak out. Um, I, I, hmm, I don't even know. Like the new Hotel Transylvania is yeah. coming out, which I'm gonna end up watching just because Gendy Tartakovsky's involved. I can't help it. The way he animates things is just so beautiful. The way he directs animation, I just wish it would that this would be going towards different projects. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know what yeah. to say. <laughs> it's like so many of these it's like it's difficult even coming up with opinions for a lot of these because it's just like it's mainly just like me more lamenting continuing to lament movies and as a whole like there's another mission impossible coming out of course um it looks like they're going to do the last of the jurassic world one with dominion um what i am excited for which like i, I know is seems to like it's kind of a hack at this point to be excited for, but the Batman, it looks cool. Like, uh, I'm looking forward to it because the Batman aspect of it looks cool. I'm a bit yeah. hesitant because, so, <laughs> brief DC aside, as we've talked about in the past, uh, especially around Halloween time even, uh, my favorite of the Batman villains is the Riddler. Uh, and he's had a lot of different portrayals over the years, but my favorite one is sort of this, you know, this dapper gentleman who thinks he's smarter than everyone else in the room. Mm. And that explicitly sort of comes from, uh, I'm not saying it originated there, but my, from my watching of, uh, Batman, the animated series growing up where Mm. he only has like three episodes and then shows up a couple other times in the background. Because his episodes were so hard to write for, apparently. But I, I don't know. That's the Riddler that I like. I don't like the goofy question marks all over your outfit like uh, Frank Gorshin and Jim Carrey did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how to feel about this new Riddler just based on the trailer. It seems more more just like a psychopath. Uh, but I will reserve judgments until maybe trailer two or at least till seeing it. Uh, because everything else about it looks pretty neat. I know a new trailer has come out very recently that does delve a little bit more into him. Which honestly, which honestly, if you wanted to fucking you know pause recording and go to go watch that, just get another opinion. Because <laughs> um, like it does definitely kind of bring more aspect of like he definitely acts like the smartest guy in the room, and in this case, he might genuinely be the smartest guy in the room. And so like he kind of adds that element of like, oh, he might actually be a genuine threat. Um. But, like, it does it in the most, like, you know, this isn't a spoiler because it's literally in the trailer. It, it, he, like, he knows his secret identity, which, like, we gotta find another, like, cool secret for Batman at this point. Because, like, my god, yeah. man, that is kind of tired. <laughs> um, it's, like, it's, like, obviously, like, yeah, it's the obvious one. It's kind of the whole crux of the whole thing. But still, like, there's gotta be some other shit. Like, oh, I know your bank details or something, anything. <laughs> Which is which I realize is just what happens in Dark Knight Rises. 
<laughs> he just he just bankrupts Bruce Wayne. Um, so I guess they have done that. So you know, shame on shame on me. But still, in this one's case, like it's it definitely seems like he does have that element of yeah, no, like I am the smartest guy in the room. He's definitely not the like dapper gentleman type. He's just kind of more like you know mind hunter kind of style, like serial killer bullshit. Um, which. I think well, like while it might be a little tired feeling, I think that actor in particular is going to do it really well, just because that actor is weird and creepy as fuck. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess I guess uh, we'll have to see. I wonder uh, uh, something that for me, which in and of itself ties into the character uh, and how he's portrayed, is the motivation that he has. Yeah. Um. Because depending on what you go to, sometimes he just uses it to explicitly steal money or jewels from a museum. But mm-hmm. I like I like the kind of guy who literally is just, he doesn't care about other people. He doesn't have emotions for others. So he puts everyone in danger to, it, it, it's, it's like jo- another side of the Joker where Joker's playing a game with Batman. The Riddler's doing the same thing, but not because he... F- not because he's having fun with it and he thinks like you complete me or whatever, but just to prove that he's smarter than him. Yeah. And and he really doesn't have a lot of other motivation outside of the odd, like, like his origin in Batman, the animated series is, um, he invented something and a corporate dickhead stole it from him. So (laughs) he wants to kill that guy. (laughs) You know, fair fair enough. You do you, Nygma. I imagine it might be something to that end in this one as well, but it definitely seems like he's trying to portray himself more as like this kind of, you know, anti-establishment, like borderline anarchist type, where he's like revealing a bunch of like this like corruption in the city and that sort of thing. But I imagine there's a very selfish goal in the end of it. Otherwise, you can't make your villain, you know, too relatable. Otherwise, whoa, what if people start asking questions? Um, yeah. I'm getting too, I'm getting too real. Um, but it, it definitely seems like that could be where it's leaning for his his characterization in this one. Um, I will say they have at least had a certain amount of restraint when it comes to revealing stuff. Like, they still, in the trailers, have not directly shown the actor's face, even though we all know what the fucking actor is. Um, right. So, like, it's, it's at least having some restraint and, like, it's doing good things with its trailer and, like, its promotional stuff. That makes me confident for it's going to be a pretty quality movie. Um. So, like, we shall see where that goes. I am still hesitant to think about how, um, you know, what's his fuck, uh, Robert Pattinson uh, will be as Batman. I still think it's the best <laughs> casting choice in the world, just because it's like, hey, vampire guy. Um, yeah. I the just think that's. Guy. I think that's hilarious as hell, and I think it's a very well done. It's a very good choice for it, ultimately. But as far as how it'll actually work out, who can say? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm uh, I'm at least interested for that aspect. I'll I will hold Riddler criticism until uh, seeing the movie. I guess I yeah. I did just zip through the most recent trailer and yeah. Uh, I mean, there's dialogue and stuff in there, but still not a lot of him like you were just saying. So right, uh, we'll see. We will see. Also, John Turturro's um, in it apparently. I love some John Turturro talking about uh, a Coen Brothers staple. Yeah, he plays Carmine uh, Carmine Falcone. So, like one of the Falcone, of course, like yeah, the Falcone. You gotta, family. you gotta have the Falcone family and the Bat- and all the Batman stuff, so you have some like fodder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it's it's nice when they bring in some of the uh the mob style stuff like that because a lot of times you get so lost in the supervillain aspect of it you can forget that's why like uh with into the spider-verse the main villain being kingpin is i i thought was so interesting because yeah. obviously he holds a lot of power, but he's not like a costumed weirdo. I mean, they turned him into a weirdo by making him a giant brick with a tiny head in the middle of his body. Right. <laughs> Which, in all fairness, but, in all uh, the other portrayals of him, he's not that far off from that. <laughs> no, he, he's close. He's he's close to a more realistic portrayal, I guess, of a giant sumo wrestler man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, even though like he's yeah. still somehow like borderline bulletproof. <laughs> <laughs> they never really explained that part. They kind of no, get into they, they kind of get into it a little bit in the the Daredevil series mainly just for the fact of like he's just a tough kid, um, but mainly just because he kind of had it because his father was a piece of shit. Um, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of that. Otherwise, it's just like this motherfucker's just big somehow. <laughs> it's like you just kind of like that. The one thing everyone has been losing their minds over is I haven't watched it, but apparently Kingpin is one of the heavy hitters or like the villain in the Hawkeye series. So they're like, Kingpin is in the universe and he is mostly known to be a Spider-Man villain. So they're like, oh, maybe he'll show up in the next Spider-Man thing. So I, I, mean, I know that, that they. I also know that they've explicitly brought back the guy who played Daredevil as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I'm sure Daredevil is going to get kind of another thing. But I will say, someone made a joke about this because I did see this. Um, that they like one of the scenes in Hawkeye is there's a scene where Kingpin is standing over a character who's sitting, who's like in a car or something, and they put the caption of "You better be, you better be glad we're not on Netflix." The last guy who was in this position lost his head, lost his head. Because <laughs> like <laughs> that's kind of how I'm feeling about the situation of yeah, Daredevil and the Punisher and everything. They were some violent fucking shows. And they can't do that anymore because it's explicitly part of Disney now. Mm. And that sucks. Yeah, that sucks because I love that about those shows. The fact that they were able to just go so absolutely buckwild violent. I was like, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) It's like the exact opposite of what DC does with their stuff where the TV shows are all weirdly twee and kind of uninteresting and the movies are like super violent and over the top. (laughs) Oh my god. That's not to say oh. I liked the more recent DC movies, but, you know, they at least did something. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, we already kind of talked about it, but I had it open in another tab, and I just happened to go over to it. Yeah. Uh, Hotel Transylvania 4 does not have Adam Sandler in it. Which I don't know how to feel about that. Surprises me. I had no idea. The guy in the trailer sounds just like him, but it's it's this guy Brian Hull. Huh. He oh, American voice actor, impressionist, and YouTuber. <laughs> okay. Oh no. <laughs> cool. Cool. Get I didn't him, tell get you him right in now. the movie. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show before, but I'm sure I have at some point. If ever in my life I am ever like listed under the title of youtuber i want you to come find me and shoot me because i'm clearly being held hostage <laughs> because <laughs> you've been uploading God. videos i don't know about <laughs> like if all of a sudden it's just like hey I'm, if i ever willingly call myself a youtube if ever it seems like i'm willingly calling myself a youtuber i am being held at gunpoint and i request that i be shot and killed <laughs> yeah you're you're a pod or you're a pod person right I get yeah it. 
So like, it is either I've been kidnapped and someone else is doing it in my stead, or I am being coerced for either through blackmail or someone's threatening a family member or something <laughs> like that. It will never be something willingly. Okay, I, I will. I will keep an eye out for that then. Cool. Thank you. This is this is my version of a redo, do not resuscitate. Ooh, I just realized I haven't even made it through past January on this fucking list. Oh god, uh, there's so much. You know, I'm Moonfall. Oh, the Roland Emmerich Moonfall. He's always got to have something blowing up or that one looks at least destroying the planet. The the latest trailer I've seen for it at least looks like silly. It looks like they're having some fun with it. So, like literally, the the song in the trailer is "Bad Moon Rising." It's like, all right. That's funny. <laughs> Good. Great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know how to feel about that one beyond that. I was like, it just looks silly and fun. Let's like fuck out. Let's go for it. Um. I think, I think what I might try to do is I'm going to go down just this this list of posters I seem to see here, and just, I'm just going to name them off, and I'll, I'm going to name off the ones that make me how do I put this? Um, lose hope for humanity. Um, so, oh, okay. <laughs> just, well, maybe not humanity as a whole, but it's, it just makes me lose hope for just like entertainment as a whole, I guess. <laughs> so let's see. Um, Marvel's Morbius, which has Jared Leto as Yay. a vampire guy. That's the one so... I got the trailer for at uh, before No Way Home. Still My dad was literally next to me like, who the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Oh, he's a vampire. Well, because my dad likes to talk. but uh, Of course. Um, yeah. Let's see. There's the Uncharted movie coming out, which I think looks really bad because I like the series and I hate Tom Holland. I don't hate him, <laughs> but I don't think he lo- he's a good Nathan Drake. Um... Let's see. It's kind of weird. What would you cast Tom Holland as? You don't like him as Nathan Drake. You don't like him as Spider-Man. What would you give to him? Um, If you were casting a pre-existing an, property. Anemic like, Victorian child. <laughs> That's all I can okay. think of, honestly. <laughs> he does not look like he belongs in this century. <laughs> he, is, he is older than me. And it does not look like it even remotely. <laughs> is he older than you? Very slightly, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. I, oh, well, I guess I am like a year older than you, too. Yeah. Okay. Because he I was like, he, I, I'm older than him. him. Yeah, we, he's probably between us. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, he bridges is, the gap. <laughs> yes, he is the missing link. Um, <laughs> there is another, apparently going to be another Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, Netflix exclusive, fantastic. Fan-fucking-tastic. Um, Avatar 2, which the splash art for it is the exact same concept art I've seen advertised for it for like five years, it feels like. That movie is not coming out. Yeah. It, it can't possibly come out. I'm sorry. I, yeah, no, that just, it looks bad. Um, oh, yeah, another Fantastic Beast, Secrets of Dumbledore, because, my God, we need to get keep giving that motherfucking asshole, you know, J.K. Rowling more money. Secrets of Dumbledore? I, I don't know. Like, I truly don't care. I fucking hate Harry Potter so goddamn much. Um, let's see. There's another Scream movie, which, like, I just think there's too many. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, I um, Scream 5, when that came out, it was, like, the big comeback. Because they're like, oh, it finally, there's a fifth Scream movie. I remember, because my mother's a big fan of the franchise. Or at least her and my dad watched them a lot uh, early on when they were coming yeah. out. 
Uh, so I remember we had like a movie night when Scream 5 came out. And now there's another one. And based on the trailer, it seems like it's trying to do the exact same thing they did with Scream 5 just like 15 years ago. Or however long ago that was. Yeah. So. I'm realizing now that with this cool. list that I'm kind of listing up, what I should be doing is uh, movies that are either... that I, Movies that are remakes slash the overdue sequels um, that we are going yeah. to have to deal with. So um, before we get into that, the new yep. Nick Cage film coming out April 22 of next year, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Oh, yeah, that. I, I, I saw a clip. I, I guess the movie's not out, so it was probably a clip from the trailer, but it definitely wasn't a whole trailer. Yeah. I guess it's Nick Cage plays himself being heavily in debt, which he is in real life. Yes. Perfor- just acting out fame acting out scenes from his movies with a guy who he's like performing at his birthday party <laughs> i've seen i've seen the trailer for it and it looks <laughs> interesting enough it doesn't look bad at least <laughs> keep giving nick cage all this weird shit that he has to do because he bought all those castles and dinosaur skulls keep giving <laughs> him things like pig and willie's wonderland and this thing because i will watch them and love them yeah, like Pig, I, I still need to see Pig. Apparently it was really good. I liked it. Really? Didn't I bring that up on the show? I don't know if you did, actually. Oh. If you did, it was brief. Well, I did. I, don't, brought, I did, I did, I did like Pig. It, it's goofy fun. It's like Taken, but with a truffle pig. And nice. Nick Cage. So. Hmm. Well, I mean, like that one I'm <laughs> at least borderline excited for. Um... Yes, let's see if I can tell all the ones that are remakes that we're going to have to deal with. I'm going to do the ones that at least just, like, don't give me hope. Um, <laughs> things like Lightyear, I'm at least tentatively excited for just because it looks it looks interesting. It looks like something kind of new that I wouldn't have expected. I'm willing to give it a shot. You mean uh, things like Sneakerella? What? The upcoming American musical comedy film? <laughs> a reimagining I... of Cinderella? <laughs> <sighs> Well, you've mentioned it now, so like, <laughs> that's all I, I, I don't want to have to say another word about that, because that just, like, that wouldn't stop me dead in my tracks. Um, <laughs> so, I will instead say, let's just see here, um, I think technically Orphan might actually fit within that block. Um, well, it might not quite hit the 15-year mark, but, you know, um See, Avatar 2, thankfully, doesn't, so we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> um, well, the, I don't want to have to think about that. I want to, I cannot imagine Avatar being more than 15 years old, because that makes me feel old. Um, mm. Scream, obviously, you can't, because it's been less than 15 years. But Hocus Pocus 2, apparently. Yes. And it has the original cast, and you know how much I like Kathy and Jimmy, so yeah, I'm so actually tentatively excited for that. That one I'm not because I just don't like the original. It's only happening because people are so weirdly nostalgic for it. <laughs> um, I, I recall liking it, but yeah, it has been a while. So This one I'm just not sure how to feel about. Legally Blonde 3. Like, <laughs> unnecessary. No, unnecessary. Fully unnecessary. Um, let's see. Top Gun Maverick, which I don't like for the simple fact of I have a history with the original film that I don't like to discuss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um 
Which is which is fair, but we will probably end up discussing the movies themselves yes. whenever that finally comes out. It was supposed to come out in 2020, yeah. <laughs> and now has been moving for quite some time. Yes. Uh, there's going to be another Jackass movie, which I think we might technically be able to do, but I really don't want to have to do Jackass. We... That's another one that's been rolling. I remember we well, I don't remember. I just re-listened to the 2020 episode today, but we talked about that last year because it was supposed to come out this year. Yes. Uh, I remember discussing Steve-O's Killer Karaoke game show. Yeah. Uh Okay, so real quick, this is something that I have a problem with and it's a really dumb problem, but it actually pisses me off. So, uh-huh. we're supposed to get this animated movie in May of next year, DC League of Super Pets. Um, And the first thing that sort of throws me off is, so the main characters are Crypto, the super dog, of course, and Ace the Bat Hound, voiced by Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Kevin Hart, respectively. Uh I do not care about the friendship the two of them have. I'm sorry, internet. Um, It doesn't, make me feel warm and fuzzy like everyone else supposedly does and find so hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I just don't buy into it. Um, There's going to be another Pinocchio. But that... Sorry, yes. sorry. I saw that and I just... I had... That that came out. I'm sorry. Continue. I have one more point and then we can talk about the new Pinocchio. Okay, but, sorry. But no, no, no. It's fine. Um, This is a really minor gripe, but it pisses me off. It lists all these other people that are voicing like these superpowered pets. Like PB is a pot-bellied pig who can grow in size. Chip is a squirrel with a lightning powers. Natasha Leone plays Merton, who is a turtle who gets super speed. Number one, that is not clever. <laughs> it is not clever. We have done this a million times with slow creatures. We just had Turbo like a decade ago. Uh. Which which is soon enough, honestly. A fast snail. We don't need it. But also, there's already an actual character in canon who has interacted with Crypto and Ace, and it is Streaky the Super Cat. Why did we delete that character in favor of an extremely old joke about a turtle being fast? Pisses me off. Okay, that's all I had to say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, I couldn't even, t- I mean, like, <laughs> like I couldn't even tell you what the hell else I could possibly say about Pinocchio, because, like, why? So, I, I, why? I'm i going to look it up because, oh my god, it doesn't, Pinocchio doesn't show up on my list. Uh, well, let me try to open that what? myself. Pinocchio 2022. Pinocchio 2021? Oh, that's not a Disney one. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've got, I've got it open at least. Um, yeah, I do too now. Well, it's apparently got Robert Downey Jr. in it, and Tom Hanks. He, Tom Hanks is Geppetto. Oh my god! And oh, what the fuck? Keegan the... Michael Key, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is Jiminy. <laughs> why, of all people, why Joseph Gordon-Levitt? So that's the that's the live action one. This one. We actually talked about last year this Pinocchio 2022 animated film with Ewan McGregor, John Turturro, Guillermo oh. del Toro helming the screenplay. Yeah. 
So we're getting two Pinocchios next year. One is the Disney live action curse, and the other one is just another animated adaptation uh, with a Del Toro screenplay. Are we going to have to do so, like. That's going to be a new one of having two remakes of the same property released in the same year. Yeah, at least for us. Yeah, for us at least, yeah. That's. That's a that's a weird one. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know might, what to do about that. Might we might just need to do a triple feature on that one. Well, we've done it before, so yeah. God, that's <laughs> fucking weird. Yeah, like apparently there's also going to be a Rescue Rangers movie, which like okay, dude, that movie looks like straight ass. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like. <sighs> It's 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 characters interact with it's it's what the Tom and Jerry movie that came out last year or this past year just was where it's like these two characters are like helping someone with a part and and I don't know if they've changed it but last time I looked into it Gadget's not in it Monterey Jack's not in it so I'm like why are you calling this a Rescue Rangers movie call it the Chip and Dale movie because yeah. you deleted all the Rescue Rangers except for Chip and Dale yeah, I trash. I don't get why they do things anymore. That that's all I can. That's it. That's all you can. I can say about it. It's like I don't know why they do things anymore. I don't know. <laughs> I don't get it's, it anymore. I don't know. It's bizarre. We're still supposed to get this Bob's Burgers movie in May of next year. I. There have been no trailers. I have no idea what the plot is supposed to be. I don't know how you could make a movie out of it because the the like the show is not that bizarre. So that has that, me worried. It's also not that good. Like I, I do I, like it. I like the writing. I, don't I, think, I, it's I think it's ugly. It, it no, is not I, worthy. I don't of think movie. so. Like the Simpsons, I could at least defend is because it at least is like kind of weirdly action packed and got like a lot of like wacky shit going on. But Bob's Burgers is so like res- reserved by comparison. Exactly. Like, I, like I say, I stick up for Bob's Burgers even though I think it looks extremely ugly. Uh, I forget who said this, but it looks like it's animated in a moving car. It actually might have been Seth MacFarlane that said that, but I, I, regardless of who it came from, I do kind of think that's apt. But I, I will stick up for the writing, at least, in that show. But do, does it deserve a movie? I don't think so. I don't know what they could possibly do to fill out an hour and a half. Minions, The Rise of Gru. Oh, yeah, that I one. thought that came out earlier this year. I was seeing trailers for that back in 2020, and it didn't come out you, I, yet. I gotta be honest with you, I've been seeing a lot of trailers for all of these. And, like, <laughs> it's just been the same shit of, like, people, like, it hasn't been released because people are dying of illness. And, like, I really just oh, kind of wish these were just canceled at a certain point because I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do this shit anymore, man. <laughs> None of these movies I'm super looking forward to, other than Sonic, obviously. <laughs> I mean, Sonic 2 is the bit. Oh, great. Mission Impossible 7. Yeah, Sonic. Sonic really is the the only thing. Like, I yeah, I don't care about any of the Creed three. Do another Creed? Why the second Creed one three November of next year? Fucking okay, all right. The, again, the Batman <laughs> looks cool. Like that's that that much at least I like. But 
I really have not seen a list of movies this kind of like either bland or depressing for a while. Yeah. Like so far I've seen three things that in total that I'm like cool with. First those two and then everything everywhere all at once. But Oh, I guess the new Mario movie I'm intrigued with, but just because we still know nothing about it. Almost I mean, nothing about it. I am like morbidly curious to see how Chris Pratt will do. Like I am I'm almost convinced that it's he's going to show up and he's actually like everyone's giving him shit because it's like he's like the least Italian sounding motherfucker on the planet. And the fact that Mario has been such a devoid of personality character for decades now, simply for the fact of being able to make him marketable. And I am strangely of the mind that I think Chris Pratt is going to do weirdly well with this role. Like he's going to show up, he's actually going to be have like a good accent, and he's actually going to be a pretty compelling character. And I think the movie's going to fail for other reasons. And I'm Probably. deeply curious to see how that goes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to fare. I think Jack Black as Bowser is funny. That's fantastic. I, uh, Charlie Day as Luigi. I remember <laughs> having a field day with people. Just that was the memes. that seemed to be the main takeaway. It's like, well, why don't we just take everyone from It's Always Sunny and make them the cast? Yeah. Caitlin Olsen as Birdo. <laughs> what the fuck? It's like my fam- my favorite image. I think I even put it in the group chat. It's Caitlin yeah. Olsen as Birdo. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah, I like, I just I love the one with uh, like you know Pepe Sylvia, but it's just with with, with Charlie in, in green out in the green outfit. Yeah, <laughs> this is like it's like I'm I'm really yeah like I'm strangely curious about that one. I'm not looking forward to it. Don't get me wrong. I do not have any desire to enjoy it. I want to see what happens, though. <laughs> I guess I'm kind of looking forward to it because it gives us an excuse to do a Mario episode. That is true. We can talk because then that. we can talk about the Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo film. That is, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Didn't even think about that. Oh, the honestly, the only other thing I bring up on I want to bring up on this list, and it's not to upset. But it's just to drive home the point that you were talking about that we were discussing earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the Flash movie that's coming out in November of next year. Oh, yeah. Primarily because it's about the Flash who runs so fast that he can change the timeline and dimension hop. And so yeah. Michael Keaton is Batman. And so, you know, it's it's like DC doing their No Way Home and pulling in some elements of previous DC-related media it's not nearly as big or at least it doesn't seem like it based on the cast list but this mm-hmm. movie is a little less than a year out so there's tons of details we probably don't have yet it, it may be bigger than that i don't know yeah um but i guess we'll see i don't give a shit about the flash as a character or as a movie <laughs> sorry and that's that's <laughs> fine like it's kind of a dull character like I think I, I'm going to say that I have the full mind that when they first came up with the Flash, it was literally just supposed to be a dude that can go quick. That's it. And yeah, because all the other characters, even Superman himself, are so broadly complex and like have their own shit going on that they had to start coming up with insane bullshit to make the Flash at least comparable. And they overcorrected way too hard. Like, yeah, all the weird bullshit that the flash gets up to like all the different like weird villains who can like 
break physics on a molecular level or some shit that he deals with like this whole idea of the speed force and there's also the slow force and the strong force and all this other bullshit going on it's like i know like with green lantern they were kind of able to get away with that because like originally it was just the color spectrum but then they started adding like actual like emotion the emotional spectrum to reflect it and that's honestly clever that's honestly a clever way of integrating that but all this other shit for the flash is just like it's like what the fuck is going on and so it's opened up so many weird, like, not even, just like, more than plot holes, just, like, just holes in general. <laughs> I I really, I've only seen, and this was years ago when we were in college, but I've only seen the first episode of the Flash Netflix show. I really like the gif that was, like, the shit posts that were going on a couple months ago, where it was him and some girl running horribly. <laughs> To mimic, to mimic running fast, and he looks behind him and screams in this really weird scream. Yeah, it's so specific. I don't know if you've seen any of those. I'm sure. I, I'm sure. I have. But like the, the TV show, so that, yeah, the TV show of the Flash is, is terrible. I've seen bits and pieces. It's it's like such dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> Steph loves Steph loves those shows though. I don't, I don't understand that. Our, our mutual friend Stephanie, she oh, like, loves that stuff. Zach was watching them for a while, but even he admitted they weren't great. I think he was just like wanting DC related content, which is fair. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I don't. Yeah. And the DC universe is in such a fucking state of disarray right now. Like Ben Affleck having dropped out, fucking Henry Cavill having dropped out, and everything. It's just like, and like how everyone was like, was the the Snyder re-release of Justice League that was this past year, right? It was. It was this past year. Everyone loved it, even though it's like 18 hours long. And then, like, I um, saw, like, the, what trended for me with what I saw was, like, everyone really loved it for, like, a week. And then, like, the basic level voices of basic criticism were finally able to get a word in edgewise. And we're like, actually, no, it still sucks. And it's like, and then everyone <laughs> realized, yeah, it still sucks. And so but it's longer. Was, there's more. It's more, and there's, like, original vision and, like, all this other stuff. And, like, I will admit, like, apparently, like, Zack Snyder did kind of get done dirty with, like, what happened. Like, he kind of got, like, undercut with yeah. the situation. But still, like, there is a literal scene with, like, Jerry Leto's Batman, the Joker going, we live in a society. And it was like, wow, they really said the damn thing. Um, okay, cool. And I... Just like with the moment, the moment, like because everyone, especially like on Reddit and shit, were like, like, just, like falling over themselves to praise it the instant it came out without even like giving it that much of a thought. And then, like, not two weeks later, literally, people were like, "No, nah, this one still sucks." It's just it was so, so chaotically funny to me. Of like, yeah, oh no, who gives a shit? Like this weird movie with like no preparation in comparison to Marvel's insane level planning it's like yeah it sucks <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> what do you I, want what do you fucking do and you know like and i think like wonder woman 1984 also came out this year and like that one also got pretty well panned and it was also had this like whole weird subplot where like basically a dude got like kidnapped to be her lover again or some shit it was something really weird how they justified like bringing that character back um oh. And it was just like, and everyone was like, wow, this is super sexual assaulty. It's like, it's like, and like everyone was like, like, wow, there is no care put into any of this shit, is there? 
just they need to burn it down. They really just need to burn their fucking universe down, which they're kind of doing with the new Batman, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, or at least I hope they are. I hope they're not trying to tie it into other bullshit. It doesn't look like they are, but again, I mean, I guess uh, they like. I think that only the other, time will tell. I think the fact that you know Affleck and Cavill dropped out means that, that their universe is pretty well burned. <laughs> like I know there's. I mean, be I hope so, but they could just they could just recast. I don't know because. Well, wait. Actually, let me go back to this. Where, where's the, where's the Flash movie? I will also say I did see another thing on here that there is still going to be another Aquaman, Aquaman movie, which I actually am okay with because I really like the original, the first one. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. No, uh, I, I just pulled this up. The Flash film that isn't coming out till November of next year. Ben Affleck is in it as Batman. What? Before the Flash goes through the time stream and meets Michael Keaton, Batman. Oh, okay. So he's at least in that. He might have he might have already filmed that stuff and now he's done. But but the fact that they're even including him is like they're still trying to tie the Flash into this broken universe that they created. Yeah. <laughs> Just garbage. Let Ben Affleck go. Let Henry Cavill do uh, the Witcher stuff. He's much better at that because he knows oh, yeah. it. Like I. Just just restart it and and don't go in with the mindset of trying to compete with the Marvel Cinematic Universe because, frankly, it's starting to kill itself anyways. Exactly, Just make yeah. standalone movies for interesting ideas like Black Adam is supposed to come out next year. I know very little about Black Adam. I know enough so that like I could maybe pass off the knowledge of someone who cares. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if they're trying to tie that into this broken universe as well or if that's a standalone thing. I don't know. But that's the best thing they can do, is just... The one thing, like, it has been the same uh, thing I've been saying for years, and that DC just needs to listen to what I say, is that <laughs> there, is a, there is a distinct difference between Marvel and DC. That being, Marvel is about human beings who learn to become gods, and DC is about gods who learn to become human beings. Which is to say, in Marvel movies, it starts off with people who are either, even if they are very highly powered or have a lot of things going for them, they ultimately are cowed and have to learn to become greater than themselves to become you know basically these paragons of the world basically to have to do these incredibly great feats in dc it's these absurdly powerful beings who have to bring themselves down to a human level in order to deal with the consequences of themselves as these godlike characters among this i count batman because he a he is the most overpowered bullshit in the world and b he's so rich it basically counts as a god um Mm-hmm. And so the difference with all this is that there, the Marvel movies, it tends to be a matter of building up stakes to a very reasonable level. Like, we took years and years to build up to this point of, like, having all these, like, interconnected characters. And it was awesome in a way. A lot of it was kind of bullshit, but it was at least, like, it felt like it was earned. In DC, and what I believe to be the best DC movie of the recent ones, in the first Aquaman, the first the only like in this movie of a standalone movie it ends with him riding on the back of a gigantic fucking kraken and just in the middle of an undersea war that's basically just like hey we turn it up to 11 then we break the amplifier we build a new one and we turn it up to 20 that is how dc does its shit (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it goes balls to the wall and then it breaks the wall and along the way, it also has like very heartfelt stories about these people reaching humility and doing all this sort of shit. But it does in the most badass way possible. Like that's how Batman's able to do all this crazy shit in the you know OSHA nightmare that is Gotham. <laughs> it's like 
Like, it's all this insane... Like, you have to go just above and beyond and be completely unironic about it. And that's what... That's what Aquaman did correctly. It just decided, screw it, giant kraken, ride on its back, y'all fucking suck. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It just decided, we are going to have absolutely zero irony. <laughs> and I it just, was cool. I think they got... I think, for the most part as well, they get too caught up in just... And this is a general complaint because it, it applies to Marvel to an extent too, but the only character it really shows with is Spider-Man because they've done him so many times. But they worry too much about getting the origin story across, which a lot of people just don't give a shit about. Yeah. Not for these well-trodden characters that have existed since the 40s. Like, people don't care. Uh, for something like Black Adam that, like, five people know, sure. Yeah. But then, like, we Shazam. Don't... Shazam. Yeah, we we don't need to see Batman do this stuff again. And to its benefit, there's probably going to be some flashback scene in the next Batman movie because there literally always is. But at least it's starting off and it's just Batman is Batman, which is good. You know, you know what would be really like kind of bold if they did it? Is that if this was actually tied in with the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie and that they're meant to be the same universe, in which case we've already kind of got the flashback scene. <laughs> So we don't have to deal with it again. That would be that would be interesting. I would not be surprised if at the end it does kind of do that thing. Like it did the thing at the end of Batman Begins where it reveals like, yeah, Joker's going to be in the next movie. Um, if they did a similar thing, but it, it literally has Joaquin Phoenix. Um, I'm not guaranteeing that that's going to be the case because the Gotham's in each of those movies are very different. Like in, the, in Joker, it very much just seemed like New York. Um... And it was meant to be very grounded in reality. Whereas obviously the Batman is very over the top by comparison. So mm -hmm. if they do that, it's going to maybe feel kind of off. But yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. The only weird thing about tying that in with the Joker movie is I thought that the... I, again, something I already mentioned on the podcast. I thought that felt kind of... Kind of forced. But yeah. just in the way that... I, I can't picture the Joker being, like, 20 years older than Batman. <laughs> it's a very odd thought that I can't... Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. ...register in my brain, really. I know there was a recent thing in the comics that was kind of controversial where they actually established that there's been multiple Jokers over time. There's three of them running around... Yeah. ...in the timeline. And... Uh, the gangster, the comedian, and the psychopath, I think, is what their labels are. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe did something like that, that maybe, and they actually even kind of do it in the Gotham TV series, which I still hate, but still it's, it kind of has its own thing, but mm. they kind of establish in the Joker movie that he kind of creates this movement of these guys and that maybe it just ends up being another accolade following under him that ends up becoming like the, you know, Bruce Wayne's Joker. Right. Um, but I could see that too. That, but at the same time, that also feels uh, like on its own, its own cop out. Yeah. And, well, at like, least they could bring in the chemical stuff. Maybe they can introduce the Red Hood aspect, which yeah, is cool. by and large the most popular Joker origin story. But then, to be fair, also so, Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker was fucking phenomenal. So, yeah, it's we'll, just he's we'll, a we'll very see. different character, though. So it'd be kind of hard to tie it in. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. I guess. I bet we're going to get a whole new other actor to play Joker again. It feels mm -hmm. like we've had five in the last few years. 
We have. <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> if, uh, if you don't count, like, voice actors. Right, yeah. Well, then it, like, skyrockets. Yeah, if we have so yeah, many Joker voice actors. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. Um, so, I, I, right now, yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty much most of the movie talk, uh, movie for next year talk. Before we get into obituaries, brief talk without going too much into it on Sonic 2. Because yeah. we didn't really touch on it outside of the fact that we've seen the trailer. We're excited for it. I'm probably going to visit you to see yep. it. And I got that wrong. It's not the 22nd of April. It's the 8th of April. So oh, it works cool. even better. Yay. Uh, so we'll have to turn that into like a weekend. I'll have to clear it with you. Um, yeah, sure. It'll be fine, fine with me. Uh, but here, there's some updates that I wasn't aware of beforehand that I only just now have information on. So Ben Schwartz is returning as Sonic and Idris Elba is Knuckles. Woo. What I didn't know is Colleen O'Shaughnessy is voicing Tails, Isn't which that? is like a huge victory for the voice acting like community. <laughs> well, like I, I know, I, I, I can I know that that's a big deal. But remind me of what it is, though. I'm trying to remember. She isn't like a celebrity being cast in the role she just is tails she's been the voice of tails yes, yes for like the past 15 years or something yeah i remember that now and i'm like i hope she gets paid the fucking movie money that idris elba and ben schwartz are getting paid yeah, they fucking better pay her that well like if not like, this is like there will be riots I, I want there to be riots she deserves it a huge victory as that rob paulson would say <laughs> yeah that, well, that, kick, that kicks ass so I'm excited for that. But also, so the voice cast is listed, the live action cast is listed, and at the bottom, there's a brief line linked to a Digital Spy article. Additionally, Shamar Moore will appear in an undisclosed role. There's a seek, there's a role that they are deliberately hiding from us, and I can my mind is running wild over what that could possibly be. Who is Shamar Moore? I don't know who he is. Uh, uh, an American actor and fashion model, mostly known for The Young and the Restless, Criminal Minds, and on the show SWAT, which has been running from 2017 till now, which is surprising because I've never heard of it. But uh, just some guy. But I- I'm like, I'm like, oh, that guy. Why are they keeping this a secret? Who is he? Is this live action, or are they going to bring in, like, Fang the Sniper? So that that's probably too on the obscure end. But, like, I'm, I'm wondering who this could possibly be. Oh, dear God, what if he's Shadow? Shadow appears in the end? That would be cool. Oh, Set up dear for Sonic Christ. 3. I mean, honestly, when you look at it and it's like, oh, SBO, Vector, Charmy B, Shadow is the most likely option. Yeah. If it were to be any Sonic character, it would probably be that. Huh. Yeah, that that worries me of that concept because I think we've talked about this when we <laughs> we talked about this before. Yes, with the Sonic canon up to this point, shall we say, is rough. Um, not least of which because a lot of the fandom stuff that has been that has grown out of it, like you know that kind of mold or bacteria that subsists on radioactive waste. Um, <laughs> And a lot of it can kind of be drawn back to when they started adding in these extra characters. We got to the point of having Amy in, like, the Sonic Boom game. Like, the original game and everything. 
And that was kind of like the widest part it got to that nothing really happened too much of it. But once it got into the 3D games, that's when it started getting weird. And the first game with Sonic Adventure didn't get too bad. But once Shadow got introduced, that's when shit got wild. And that is what concerns me with this. Shadow the Hedgehog, Maria... Yeah, because so far it has just been a pretty innocent tale. Like, I'm sure with the addition of Knuckles, there's going to be some, like, added moral complexity and that sort of thing. Like, why, like, the Echidnas may have been, like, aren't, like, present, that sort of thing. Bring up the Master Emerald and how they might relate it back to Sonic. That's its own thing. But with Shadow, it adds in the one thing that few franchises can survive, and that is teenage angst. And once you add that in, it is, like, it is the catalyst that can draw in so much weird shit. And that's where all the weird shit from Sonic came from. Because all of the stuff leading up to that was pretty innocent. Like we had like, you know, the, the chows and like all the different stuff. We kind of had chaos and the Sonic Adventure. And that was all on its own pretty straightforward shit. Like shit, like chaos was just kind of this water dude who was just kind of like misunderstood and didn't really, he didn't have a voice and everything. But once you added in the emo fringe that is Shadow, oh God. Yeah, it kind of turned into a nightmare. And even Knuckles as, as himself as a character showing up in Sonic and Knuckles 3, like, that wasn't even too terribly complicated because he was just the guardian of the Emeralds on Angel Isle. Like, yeah, the ancient Echidna tribe didn't even really show up until Sonic Adventure. Like, yes. that, that, that series, one, and then to a greater extent, two, both of them just broke the entire series. Yes. And obviously the addition, like people many would argue like the death of the series came when it became 3D. I disagree. I think the game is jank as hell. And that's what a big reason it wasn't necessarily enjoyed. The game was brought low by the addition of all this other weird shit. And yeah, while I think a lot can be done with it, and I think the fact that Idris Elba himself even like said, hey, even said himself that he went into a lengths to find information, to understand his character, to be able to do it well, gives I me hope. So for, bad. Which, yeah, like I, I, I shudder to think about what he may have come across. Um, it's like I really just want to be able to go up to him and be like, "Don't search too hard. <laughs> like you're gonna find some weird places." If um, you see Ken Penders' name, run. turn around. <laughs> You've gone too far. <laughs> um, for the love of God, do not go near Deviant Art. We don't speak of it anymore. Um, but, like, the fact that he is, like, talked about and dedicated to, like, making this a good character gives me hope for what they're doing with that. But I am just, I am so deeply concerned that if they go much further, they are going to start approaching the event horizon. And I just, I, I am, I want this series to be good. I want it to continue to be just so unironically good for a while, at least. But, like... If we're getting to shadow territory, they are going to have to tread carefully. Otherwise, we are going to see a rebirth of this bullshit, man. Like, we talked about it in the original as well. Like, when they had the original model of Sonic and how hellish it looked. And there was a brief scene where he had his shoes off in the the movie. Uh And because the original model didn't wear socks, that means we would have had a truly unfiltered look at Sonic the Hedgehog's bare feet, and that would have been too much for the internet. Like, something would have died. Yeah. And the fact that we avoided that was, I, like, 
it was like avoiding like like on fucking like the Cuban Missile Crisis. Like like shit was so ready to blow, and we immediately avoided it. Yeah, if they bring in shit, not to belabor this too much, we got to get to the deaths already. Yeah, but uh, it's if they bring in Shadow, the best way to do it is just. Dr. Robotnik tries to create a, a clone of Sonic and maybe yes. he's a little edgy and darker. That's it. If you start getting into the weird Maria relationship stuff, if it's not... If, I mean, it would have to be a clone created by Dr. Robotnik because the first movie sets up a new origin for Sonic as opposed to, this is a... We're using technology made by my grandfather, Gerald Robotnik, which then added a whole bunch of convoluted history to the thing. Yes. Like, just... You can have think, the character, just keep it simple. Yes. I think, like, and I do think that they are trying their best with that. Because, obviously, like you said, they changed the origin and everything for Sonic. So, I think, ultimately, they are doing their best to try and do that. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought in elements of, like, Robotnik's grandfather and possibly even Maria. But I think it might... I'm hoping that they do it as a more, like, so, on a more soft-hearted level of, like... Shadow is, like, basically traumatized from his experience, and Maria's is one connection to sanity and, like, hope. And, like, maybe it's actually a good thing that helps him bring him back from the brink. Instead of it just being this weird, like, pseudo-love interest sort of bullshit going on that I don't know what they were implying towards. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I think... No, I agree with that. I think there is potential with this. And the fact that they have simplified it means that they are basically just being like, okay, we have all these assorted pieces. We don't want to know where they came from. We just want to know how we can fit them together. And that's good enough. <laughs> so I just, but I do, I do also think that, yeah, I think maybe it'll probably lean more towards just robotic trying to clone Sonic. Okay. I mean, I'd be fine with that. That's easy enough. Because they even have that, like, they even have his, like, quill... From the previous movie, like I'm, gar- I guarantee that's what they're gonna do. Is like the whole, the whole thing of like, oh, he can generate power from that one little quill. It's like he's gonna try right. to clone Sonic with that. Which is that I'm sure that's how he gets back from the Mushroom Hill Zone. Yeah. Er, I, I, you know, what? I love the fact that we were talking about the movie after we had seen it. We were just discussing theories. The fact that Tails shows shows up at the end. But also, yeah. we called Knuckles being in it before the shot even came out because of Robotnik going to the mushroom, that mushroom yeah. zone, which is in Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Yep. <laughs> and, like, they even, in the trailer, even says, like, Robotnik, like, found the source of ultimate power, and it's the Master Emerald, and it's like, yeah, that's yes. exactly what fucking happened. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit, we, we called it. Super exciting. Oh, man. Exciting stuff. I am genuinely super excited for this. I still remember when they first revealed that it was Idris Elba for Knuckles, and I, like, sent you an image, and I was like, dude! <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Are you seeing this? See, oh. here we were We were all depressed talking about the state of movies in 2022. We just had to remember Sonic. That's, that's, gonna that's be a Sonic literally movie. it. That's literally all I need. So on this on this happy note, let's get to the people who fucking died. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Woo! Ooh. All right. I organized it a bit better this year. I broke it up into a couple of categories here. Fantastic. The uh, categories and... of how they died, or <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't so, really I'm look sorry. up. I know how some of these people died, but I didn't look up details for all of them. Mm. Um, 
So starting off is just sort of a miscellaneous group of famous individuals that have died. Um, so Larry King is the first of those. I actually forgot that he died this year. I thought he died last year. Yeah, same. Uh, but that's because he passed very early in January. So yep. almost last year. <laughs> of course, Larry King, television radio host. He portrayed himself in a lot of shows and movies, uh, specifically relating to the podcast in Ghostbusters and The Jackal. Uh, he yes. has sort of played himself, so we've seen him there. Um, moving on from Mr. King, uh, Siegfried Fischbacher died, who is one half of the Siegfried and Roy magician duo. Uh, so now they are no more <laughs> because uh, his partner Roy Horn passed away less than a year ago uh, oh, from oh, COVID yeah. complications. Yeah. Which is uh, unfortunate, but now both Siegfried and Roy, uh, they are gone and have been for uh, a little while. Oops, see if <clears throat> Moving on from that, uh, Rush Limbaugh and Prince Philip both died. Woo! Moving on, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric Carl passed away. This is the last of the miscellaneous category. Um, of course, author and illustrator of the Very Hungry Caterpillar book, and he was also the illustrator of uh, the Brown Bear, Brown Bear series of books. Yes. Uh, Children's right. literature has lost one of its best. Yes, I definitely remember when that happened. It was, uh, it was very sad. Yeah, that was a. That's one of those weird ones where it's like you really don't don't realize that how sad that is until you start to kind of think about it. We're like, oh wow, that's that's rough. That's just gone, and it's one of those things where I think about movie and TV a lot in this realm, and I guess uh, video games to accent because those are the media I interact with the most. I read books, but like children's literature is so far in the past from me that i might think about the book but i don't think about its creator he could have already been dead for all yeah. i knew but then when it popped up it was like oh man he's gone you know it's like if if just tomorrow is like well the right the uh, author of amelia bedelia died it's like well i i have not given that any thought uh perhaps yeah. that makes it even more sad true but, yeah uh I'm not sure uh, to that end. The only thing I can ever think about with Amelia Bedelia is someone made a parody comic of her where it, turn, where it turns into just basically body horror. And the only thing I can remember at the end is like, there is no God, there is no hope, there is only Amelia Bedelia. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's like, I've got a brainstorm on this. And oh, like, no. No. Yeah. It's like, Amelia, please, no. It's like it's just Amelia standing by the window smiling. It's just like horror, like brains raining outside. It's like, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> awful. Anyway, yeah. So that's the end of the miscellaneous category. We move <laughs> on to musicians. I grabbed a couple of musicians here. There's a number that died. Unfortunately, I wasn't familiar with a lot of them, and I I wasn't really gonna. Here's the thing: a lot of people passed, and some of them very noteworthy. But I don't want to bring people up if we have literally nothing that we could say or relate to on them. Yeah. Because then it's just sort of a, almost like a checklist, which is maudlin and morbid. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so I, I only have uh, six six here. Uh, That's fine. That's still plenty. Yeah. But uh, the first of these 
the first of these uh i am not that sad about uh that's <laughs> phil specter uh ended up dying um My- songwriter and record producer that worked with the crystals uh george harrison and john lennon the ronettes ike and tina turner the wrecking crew a bunch of different uh groups he worked with uh, hmm. But he's best known for being convicted of the murder of actress Lana Clarkson in 2009. That's where I remember him from. <laughs> yeah, so he remained in prison until his death, of course, this year. Uh, and we just talked about him, too, on the show because he shows up as the dealer in the opening of Easy Rider. Oh, yeah. So we, well, we talked about him a bit on that episode. I'm resting shit, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, the the thing that kills me, I wasn't like too caught up in the case, but everyone was just like, "Yeah, he." I mean, he did it. Yeah, I'm positive <laughs> he did. People that knew him, friends, it's just like, "Yeah, he did it." It certainly doesn't kill you as much as okay. That's true. Oh jeez. Oh jeez. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was that was <laughs> low hanging fruit. <laughs> like, uh, I don't even feel proud of that one. <laughs> Next, moving on from Phil Spector, uh, DMX. Of course. Yep. Uh, I don't engage much with rap, but if it enters the zeitgeist, it's pretty much unavoidable. Unavoidable. Mm-hmm. So with hits like Party Up Up in Here, Where Are the Hood At, and X Gonna Give It To You, uh, perhaps most famously here recently, um, he is definitely one that will be missed. Yeah. Apparently he was regarded as a pretty good guy. That's nice to know. I, you want to leave behind people that can say nice things about you. Like, a legacy's nice and all. But if you were an asshole, that really that kind of shrouds everything. That that has a level of taint to it that uh, is unpleasant. You don't want that. Yeah, being a murderer also does that. Yeah, uh, killing killing people with the guns that you have just stashed in your office isn't isn't great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so long, DMX. Uh, Dusty Hill passed away. Uh, vocalist and bassist from ZZ Top. Yep named group uh also was hank hill's cousin on king of the hill (laughs) in a much maligned episode that uh tons of people hated (laughs) fair just like yes i have a famous cousin so uh not great but i feel like the main reason i put him on the list was yeah i i remember that episode i mean fair enough (laughs) that there there are worse reasons (laughs) broke king of the hill history and lore Okay. <laughs> um, this one might mean more to me than it does you. I don't know. But Mike Nesmith died literally like two weeks ago. Um, he was a member of the Monkees and therefore also a co-star of the Monkees television series. Mm. Um, and following Davy Jones and Peter Tork, Mickey Dolenz is now the only Monkees band member that's alive. <laughs> uh, which is depressing. Um, fair yeah but the monkeys you know for people out there that don't know they were basically the answer to the beatles it was like a comedic sort of take on that um hey hey we're the monkeys and all that jazz now these two are uh technically musicians but less in the pop uh the actual music pop industry these are more so connected to broadway and movies as we know them but uh first of these leslie brickus ended up passing away uh, wrote music and lyrics for ton of musicals, including the original Doctor Doolittle, uh, the nineteen seventy Albert Finney Christmas Carol, which we just talked about last time, and I said I would try to watch before the end of year, and I forgot to. Oh well, 
<laughs> um, but she also wrote the music and lyrics, uh, the main themes for uh, Goldfinger and You Only Live Twice, those two Bond movies, uh, and the music and lyrics for just Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, previous episode. Oh, so, yeah. All those lovely songs you enjoyed, that was the doing of Leslie Brickus, who is now gone. Well, that sucks. Unfortunate. <laughs> And lack, sorry. No, I was just gonna say. Anywho, <laughs> and last of the, just me being a dick, really. <laughs> last of the musician category is probably one of the biggest. Steven Sondheim. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Composer, lyric, lyricist for uh, such greats as West Side Story, Sweeney Todd, Into the Woods, and tons of other musicals that appeared on stage and then later got adapted into movies. To varying um, degrees of success. <laughs> yeah. West Side Story just got remade by Steven Spielberg. Uh, everyone being like, why did you remake a, a film that won Best Picture? Yeah. What I are mean, you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to do that one. Tune in to future episode of They Remade It where we talk about West Side Story. And Spielberg, again, God, he, he keeps just like, he keeps just popping up now. <laughs> what are you doing, my favorite director? No, man, please. Uh, or your favorite director, I should say. Yeah, yeah <clears throat> I figured you meant from, like, your, from your yeah. perspective. Uh, but that is the last of the musician, and now the last category, slightly bigger. Uh, we'll see how we get through this, but actors and actresses that ended up passing. Yeah. <clears throat> so a couple that I threw in here for varying uh, things that I have passing familiarity with, you possibly do too, and they're just as sad generally. But Marion Ramsey ended up passing. She was a regular on the Bill Cosby sketch comedy series Cause. Unfortunate. Uh, which, yeah, unfortunate. Perhaps wouldn't want you to remember that. But uh, she was in on stage in uh, Broadway productions of Hello Dobby and UB, among other things. Uh, and she played Sergeant Laverne Hooks in almost every single Police Academy movie. <laughs> I don't know which is worse, <laughs> being in Cause or being in the Police Academy franchise, but she kept coming back. So either a really good paycheck or she she enjoyed what she was doing, which maybe at the end of the day, that's all you can ask for. Maybe she held the rights to the series. <laughs> yeah, maybe she actually created Police Academy. Who knows? She was an interesting <laughs> I, mean, I don't. <laughs> And I couldn't be bothered to check. Maybe, maybe she may she be missed. Um, Barbara Shelley, I pulled in because she was an actress in a ton of science fiction horror movies from the fifties and sixties. Among those being The Gorgon, Dracula, Prince of Darkness, Rasputin, The Mad Monk. Uh, but most importantly, especially to this show, Village of the Damned, which is a potential future episode. Ooh. Very famous English horror film that has been remade by John Carpenter in the 90s, I want to say. As we've seen from Wicker Man going from British made to American made, and also with the Jackal from British made to American made, it doesn't go well. <laughs> oh, what about the Italian job? <laughs> you know what? Fair. That's it. That's it. Like, you know, like that's. We'll see if we'll see if Carpenter can even it out. <laughs> can tie the score up. Well, from reviews that I saw, I don't think he could. But uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll think differently than critics. Yeah, everyone <laughs> seems to like the original Italian job more than the remake. Yeah, and 
for some fucking I don't reason. remember which I preferred. I didn't care for either. But I think we both ended up picking the new one. Might have been. I definitely picked the new one. <laughs> um, next here we have Tanya Roberts. She was in a bunch of. Th- she was Stacy in the Bond film of View to a Kill. Joy Rogers in the final season of the original Charlie's Angels run. Sheena in 1984's Sheena. Um, most people now know her as Midge uh, in that 70s show. Oh which- yeah. I was going to say, I'm sort of, I've, I've definitely seen it, but I'm more or less familiar with, unfamiliar with that 70s show. I I've, think that, I guess Midge was the wife and then later divorced wife of the neighbor that was constantly bothering yeah. the Foreman family. Yeah. I mean, that's the most that I know, though. <laughs> okay. I didn't watch it actively. Tanya Roberts is gone. Um, this one, now, definitely more pertinent to us. I was a huge fan of her career and we have talked about her on the podcast before that being Cloris Leachman, unfortunately passed a mm. uh, famous actress and comedian, of course, who was in the last picture show Spanglish, the Mary Tyler Moore show, uh, but who also frequently co- collaborated with Mel Brooks uh, primarily in history of the world part one. Uh, and she was also Frau Blucher in young Frankenstein, uh, which yes. we covered last year. I want to say good lady. Will be missed. Yes, great lady. She was still doing. She was still doing stuff up to I think like 2019. So, you know, be active. Uh, next up, uh, Christopher Plummer. Oh yeah, passing away. That was a big one. Uh, yeah, I had forgotten about it until I was doing the research for this. Um, but briefly touching into it, uh, of course, he was in a ton of Broadway productions originally. Things like Othello, Cyrano, Macbeth, King Lear, uh, and eventually got what was his biggest break for the longest time, uh, uh, that being George Von Trapp in Sound of Music, alongside Julie Andrews. Oh, yeah. Uh, And, you know, he was in A Beautiful Mind, Inside Man, Waterloo, uh, and he was just in Knives Out. Uh, That may have been his last performance was Knives Out. I think so, actually. Yeah, so. He was also in Skyrim. As, he was in Skyrim. Yeah, that's that's where I remember him from. <laughs> so, Obviously, no, I remember him because he's a fantastic actor. But yeah, no, he's he's one of the he's like the main Greybeard character, I think. So, so is Charles Martinet. Yeah, yeah. Skyrim. Um, Skyrim. Oh, jeez. Okay, getting into uh, some odder ones now. We have Yafit Kodo, <laughs> who is in Midnight Run, Alien, The Running Man. Uh, but he, uh, the the main thing I know him for, he was the villain Doctor Kananga, in uh, or Kananga. I don't remember how you that's pronounced. Uh, but in Live and Let Die, the James Bond movie. Oh, yeah, I think which I remember was, that. Yeah, which was a great performance. Yes, <laughs> of course. Uh, we watched. Uh, we lost George Siegel, who I mostly brought up because it's just it's a big name. Sh- you know, Ship of Fools, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. Where's Papa? Roland Emmerich's Twenty Twelve. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's favorite movie. <laughs> so uh, unfortunately, he has gone as well. Uh, and uh, Charles Grodin passed away. Rosemary's Baby, The Heartbreak Kid, Catch Twenty Two, Heaven Can Wait, The Great Muppet Caper. Yeah, lots of movies in there. Uh, of course. The, the ones I'm most familiar with being Rosemary's Baby because it's a horror movie and The Great Muppet Caper because it's a Muppet movie. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. Uh, sorry. Sorry, Mr. Groden. 
uh, Ned Beatty passed. Many will remember him from Deliverance. Uh, he was the father in Rudy. Mm. Uh, he played Otis Berg in Superman. He was Lotso Hug, hug and Bear in Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so he is uh, he is now gone. Um, Dustin <laughs> Dustin Diamond. I I don't mean to laugh. <laughs> I forgot that Dustin Diamond passed away. That's just a really unfortunate story. Okay. Dustin Diamond, best known for portraying Screech in Saved by the Bell and all its various incarnations yeah. in media. Uh, but he perhaps had the most trouble following all those series because uh, although he appeared in The Odd Thing here or there, he filed for bankruptcy around 2022, I think. He, he wrote a tell-all book about the cast of Saved by the Bell that uh, allegedly had a lot of lies in it. <laughs> um, he had a sex tape leak. Uh, it, it's clear he was not doing well. He was yeah. having lots of problems. He got into a bar fight. He, he like allegedly stabbed a guy. Like not doing well for Dustin Diamond. I think he's the only cast member that really did not. Uh, he he had a lot of problems. Yeah, there's always at least one. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't that always the way? <laughs> yeah, Hollywood's weird. Oh. Yeah, uh, Ed Asner passed away, which. I mean, talk about Titans yeah. in terms of acting. Mary sure. Tyler Moore show and Lou Grant. He was Santa in a in a million different movies, but most remember him for being Santa and Elf. Yep. Uh, and of course, he was the voice of the old man in Up, whatever that character's name is. Carl? Carl. Yes, Carl. Yeah. So, Ed Asner has now left us. I love him most as uh, Sergeant, Mike, Sergeant Mike Cosgrove. On Freakazoid. Oh, yeah. Very great deadpan delivery. Actually, it was actually really sad because, like, um, Hannah and I, we were actually watching, they did the, that shorts series on Disney Plus of Carl and Doug. Um, oh, Dog and, Days or Doug yeah. Days? Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, the last episode, because they only did, like, five of them, and they did the last one, it was this really sweet moment between the two characters. It was really bittersweet because, like, like at that point he was already gone. I was like, "Oh, oh, man. oh no. This is really sad." Jeez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good like, thing I haven't watched that series then. That'd be It's nothing like me. specifically relating to like him as a guy, but he's like he has this really touching moment with Doug and just being like, you know, like of just like Carl showing a very soft side. It's like, "Oh god, damn it, man." <laughs> <laughs> this isn't cool. Oh, that that's that's unfortunate. So yeah, that one that one probably hit me hardest out of a lot of these, simply for that. And plus, yeah, I, I plus I, I loved Up. That. Up's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, we've talked about that uh, previously as well. Yeah, you cheddar. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So yeah, that one was rough. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I know this segment is morbid, but I feel I feel it is worth it. It is yeah. worthwhile to uh, get these actors' names out there. We only have seven more in the category. Right. So, won't be too sad much longer. But um, Dean Stockwell ended up passing away. He was in a ton of things. He was in Blue Velvet, which is like, I, I still need to see Blue Velvet. I can't believe I have not seen it yet. Yeah. Uh, but he was also in Air Force One, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Uh, and he he was uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Wellington in David Lynch's Dune, which mm. hopefully we will cover someday. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, 
so we'll be able to talk about Dean Stockwell whenever we get around to that. Whew. <laughs> uh, Gavin McLeod ended up passing. Best known for, uh, well, I'll just mention Murray Slaughter on the Mary Tyler Moore show, and he, which, oh man, Ed Asner just passed also on Mary Tyler Moore. Oh, yeah. uh, and he was Big Chicken on Hawaii Five O, which I've just found funny. That tickles me. Yeah, that's uh, a fantastic name. <laughs> but the main reason I pulled the man is because he portrayed Captain Steubing on the Love Boat. Oh yeah, <laughs> across the entire run of the Love Boat. Uh, great show. You get a lot of comedians and character actors in there, uh, and he was sort of a staple of that. And he is now gone. Oh, well. yeah. Uh, Robert Downey Sr. ended up passing away. I don't need to mention, really, that he was the father of Robert Downey Jr. Uh, but he was also an actor, director, and cinematographer in his own right. Yep. Uh, the main thing that I know that he did, which is sad because it's it's an awful movie, uh, is that he directed Up the Academy, which was the Mad Magazine <laughs> produced oh. movie. Oh, yeah. Very uh, upsetting. I should look into his other work so that I don't just remember him for that train wreck. Yeah, that'd be good. That Mad Magazine literally took its name off of after it came out. Yeah. No, we're not associated with that. We didn't touch that. Nope, leave us alone. More uh, uh, Mad Richard... Magazine of all things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you guys got to worry about? Yeah, even they were like, nah. <laughs> I don't think so. Give it to Cracked. Let it be a Cracked <laughs> movie. Richard Donner passed away, which we did discuss on the show or when that happened. Yeah. Uh, of course, directed Lethal Weapon, The Goonies, Superman, uh, Scrooged, which we just talked about a little bit last episode, uh, Scrooged with Bill Murray. Yep. Um, and previous episode topic, uh, The Omen, the 1970s uh, Omen film. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, it was good. I don't know. It, it, that one's a weird one because it's not like childhood affecting, but it almost is. Because those are so many, it's just, I love The Omen, and most of that is because I love David Warner as an actor, and mm -hmm. so I love almost anything he's in. Uh, I'm a big fan of the first three Superman movies. You know, I watched The Goonies growing up. Scrooged with Bill Murray, a lot of people don't care for it, but I actively like it, you know? So, I was like, man, he, he created uh, a lot of things that I actively enjoyed, you know? It's upsetting. So sad. I don't, mean I, to sound I don't mean to sound disingenuous. I just don't have a lot to add. <laughs> no, no, I know. I, I, I was, I was like sighing, and then I'm like, not to belabor the point. <laughs> we have three names left. I'll bring up Jackie Mason, famous, famous comedian. Uh, very easy to do impressions of. Yeah, uh, I've known that one always. Yeah, if uh, if anyone's familiar with old DePatty Freeling cartoons that are not the Pink Panther. Um, basically, uh, if you've seen the ant and the aardvark, the aardvark was basically just a Jackie Mason impression, oh. uh, whoever was doing that voice, but you know, he, he, he was, he showed up in previous, uh, discussed movie, mad, 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 mad world as a gas station attendant, because you know, every comedian that existed at the time shows up in that fucking movie, but also he voiced, uh, Krusty the clown's father. Rabbi Kristofsky, uh on The Simpsons since, I think, 1993, up until they killed the character off in, like, 2018. 
So he was one of those guys that was just keep, you know, he'd keep coming back. But now he is gone as well. Uh, Jessica Walter passed away, which is sad because it literally, it feels like it was just yesterday that Ron, uh, her husband, Ron Liebman passed away. But I looked it up and that was literally in 2019, which (laughs) just goes to show you how fucked up last year was. Yeah, good God. Uh, ruined everyone's sense of timing. But yeah, tons of TV and movie work. Uh, I know her for playing mothers <laughs> on programs. She was Lucille Bluth on Arrested Development. She was uh, Archer's mother on Archer. And she was Fran on Dinosaurs, uh, a series that I and three other people in the world enjoy. And uh, lastly, who passed away a couple of months ago, that being comedian uh, Norm MacDonald. Um which was sort of a strange one. Uh, he led a very reserved and private life, which is why it shocked so many people when he passed away. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's even stranger because I don't know how much you've experienced it on the internet, but I've experienced it a lot where he, he, he's funny. He's, he's a really funny guy, but he's not one of those comedians that a lot of people would always be talking about or sharing clips of. But even still within the past couple of weeks, even though he died months ago, I'm still seeing people like now sharing. It's it's either a bunch of people just discovered him, his stuff and are enjoying it for the first time. Or it's like, oh, I forgot how much I like Norm MacDonald. Here's some of my favorite stuff. Have you seen a lot of that? I, I, I haven't seen a lot of that specifically, but I also just I'm not really online for that sort of thing that much anymore. But also just That's, like fair i never really knew how to felt feel about the guy because like i think i had seen a few of his stand-up things like back in the day like when i was younger and i think i just wasn't a fan because i think he was so deadpan with his delivery that i just couldn't get into it um, yeah <laughs> which like normally is pretty funny for me for, for some reason i just could never i uh, can never vibe with he likes twisting the knife he likes uh go- he likes making the audience uncomfortable and not yeah. in like a squeamish, gross way. It, it's just like, and I, I've seen Gilbert Gottfried live now, and he does the same thing with his act where it's just like, okay, how far can I push this joke before people are going to start standing up and leaving? And then he starts going into other material. Yeah. Once he's like, I can't take this any further. And Norm uh, did that a lot. Uh, but, you know, just to go into it for the brief overhead, comedian uh, known for appearing in SNL, especially as the host for Weekend Update for a really long time uh, until he got fired uh, because he was constantly making O.J. Simpson murder jokes uh, <laughs> around the time of the trial. Fair uh, <laughs> uh, I forget the name, but the, the, the guy who was the producer of SNL at the time was actually friends with O.J. Simpson. And so he asked Norm MacDonald multiple times not to make those jokes, and then Norm did it anyways. So I mean, they fired yeah, him. Like, honestly, props to him. <laughs> <laughs> like fair enough. Oh. I think like a, a modern equivalent, I think, might be uh, Jimmy Carr, who's been controversial in his own ways. Apparently, he had, there's apparently he had like a tax scandal or something in the UK. Um, but that's very much his style of like he he's actually kind of like an educational guy as well. I think he literally studies um, like the practice, of, like the art of like joke telling and everything. And I think he even released a book on it. Um, and so he he has a very like hard set mindset of everything can be made to be funny 
and to that end anything should be made to be made funny and like to make it taboo is only doing it a disservice as a subject and he really does have that whole thing of yeah i will he literally has a bit at by the end of his stand-up shows where it's like all right it's time for the career ending jokes (laughs) where it's like all right fair enough i mean i agree with most of that yeah (laughs) like he he at least does it in such a classy like he does it in a classy enough way and he's so he's not necessarily dry with it but he's a lot of his jokes are very like pretty one shot like he does a lot of them in a row um and so like they don't tend to go too deep but they definitely it's it's very quick and to the point with very dark subjects (laughs) (laughs) so I, i i tend to like his stuff I'm sure. I'm sure he'll do something that'll just be like, okay, not a big fan of the guy anymore. So, oh, why'd you do that? You ruined everything. Yeah, they 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 tend to do that a lot. Yep. Unfortunately. Uh, but yeah that that is uh, that is the obituaries that I have pulled together. Deaths in the year uh, 2021. Fantastic. I mean, not fantastic, but you know. Uh, well, no, no. <laughs> you know what I mean. I think. Yes. Uh, some of them I'm I'm okay with. Oh yeah, no, you know, fucking uh, gold. What's his fuck? Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> the world will not miss him. <laughs> yeah. Oh jeez. Um, I have my own opinions on Prince Andrew, but that's kind of a side point. <laughs> you mean Philip? Philip, sorry. I'm also okay. I've been latching on to the internet's obsession with the idea that Queen Elizabeth might actually already be dead. Yes. And simply for the fact that they cannot allow her to be dead in at the 69th year of her reign. <laughs> I It's like, my God, and I swear to God, once the anniversary comes up and then they say she's dead, I am going to be convinced <laughs> that that was the, that their weekend at burning her. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I think that's funny. I don't know how much I believe it. My, my running theory in my head is that she's terminal with something and they don't want to they just don't want to portray her as in failing health until it's already too late. Yeah. But I mean, if they if if it if her anniversary turns and they announce it, I'll be I'll be right there with you. <laughs> I just I'm I'm such an anti-royalist kind of person because like you know I'm fuck I'm fuck's sake I'm Scots I'm Scots Irish, um so so I have every right to be, and the idea that this is what they're doing this whole charade. I, I just I'm I'm so wanting it to be true. I'm so wanting it to be true. It will be the funniest thing of the decade. <laughs> I'm sure everyone's on standby with their gifts of the crabs dancing and There's that one line in Megamind, like there is no Tooth Fairy, there is no Santa Claus, and there is no Queen of England. And I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm just like come that on, one. come on. <laughs> oh jeez. Like I'm just like I'm with my finger on the button, just like come on! Well, uh, with Ugh. that, with that, uh, that's a, actually a really good way to end the obituaries because it's like that's an, a potential obituary for yes. next year. We'll see. But, uh, <laughs> that's my resolution. <laughs> I was going to say, let's move into resolutions. And I was also going to make the joke, don't say that the queen is dead. But <laughs> there we go. We already broke the seal. Yep, sorry. Uh, no, that's all right. It's all right. Um, um. But yeah, what... what um, <laughs> What do you have for any resolutions? And keep in mind, these aren't like... I know we've talked about this in the past with the resolutions. They're not like hard goals. You can yeah. turn them into things. But this is, I guess this is just a way to express our aspirations and our hopes for 
uh, what's yeah. coming up, just to ring it in, and especially to bring a little joy, possible optimism following uh, the death march that yeah. just happened. Yeah, Jesus. Um, I think for me, I think it's one that's kind of just been building up for a while. Is like I'm gonna need to, I need to be more creative this year. Like I need to. I've had a lot of like world building ideas that have been kicking around in my head for a while. Um, I've been wanting to do. I've been wanting to make a homebrew D and D world first and foremost. Um, Ooh, it's kind of, it's kind of been the culmination of like like years of ideas that have just danced around in my head, and that they've kind of coalesced in this idea of like a like a D and D setting. Um, and I really want to make a hard go at it because like I've been getting into Critical Role a lot this year, um, and a lot of this was straight up spurned by the fact that Matt Mercer on their channel. Basically, there's a video on their channel for in like for the third uh, you know series that was coming up. Um, they released one that was basically giving a history of this fantasy world that they're set in, and it was Matt Mercer doing basically what is every creative slash world builder's greatest dream, which is just sitting in a video explaining their world and giving all the cool details and people absolutely loving it, and like. That's the dream. That is ultimately the dream. If I get to just sit down and tell people cool things about the thing that I made, and then everyone gets to say, "Hey, that's cool as shit." That's like <laughs> if I if I could do that, I would die happy. I wouldn't have to do anything else. <laughs> it's That'd like, be cool. It's like that is honestly the biggest spurring like like spurring action to it. Of like, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna do it. I've wanted to make. I wanted to do world building for a long time, and. The problem with me is that I am good at creating worlds. I am not good at creating stories. I mm. want to create this place that a story can be made and would hopefully be able to run it with like a group at some point. And I just, I it, like, because I can come up with details out the wazoo. I can come up with histories out the wazoo. But for the love of God, I cannot come up with a storyline to save my life. Um, at least a solid singular thing. Like I can give like, spurring actions and everything like and that would like lead other people to make these story creative ideas on their own but i think that's kind of what would make me good for dm simply because like that's kind of the problem that a lot of like potential dms run into that being are you trying to create a world and a setting so that people can have their own stories or are you just trying to write a book and i don't want to write a book i want to create a world that people can enjoy so i think i'm decently on the way to being able to figure that out for myself okay i i was gonna say i think i'm sort of in the same realm as you i i uh i'm not i don't think i'm that good at world building Mm. uh but i think i'm really uh not to you know what fuck it yes to toot my own horn sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta be positive about yourself yeah you gotta do it a little Uh, but i think i'm i think i'm pretty good at making characters but when it comes to stories, I can't like figure out things for them to do, you know. So yeah, we we should combine our forces. You make the world, I make the characters, and then they'll all sit around and do nothing. <laughs> I I think like, I think it would probably be. I think ultimately, I, I think the conjunction of characters plus world will inevitably kind of lead towards a story, and so I mm-hmm. think we could work with that pretty well. And I still want to help you out with that game idea you've been talking about, so. Yeah, it's been because of a couple, which we don't have to get into here. A couple yeah. of things that have come out and changed, uh, and things like that. I'm not as hot on the idea, or at least I want to flesh it out into something else. Because the way my brain was going, I don't think that's a viable option anymore. So okay, that's fair. Uh, 
Um, but hey, I mean, that's a resolution for me too. I need to be more creative and in terms of this specific project, because I have a ton of projects that I put time into, but this is the one that I think I care the most about and I put the least amount of time into it because mm-hmm. I'm scared I'm going to start it and just completely fuck it up. Uh, I need to commit to that more and that's definitely one of the resolutions that I have is to just try and put more time and effort into actually fleshing that out <laughs> and, uh, I, and getting it past a design phase. And I think the best advice I can ever give for that sort of thing is like the best advice I've ever heard on the subject was um, basically it's like, for any form of art, the way you create your own art form is find an art form that you really like, try to emulate it, fuck it up, fuck it up again, and continue to fuck it up for the rest of your life. Congratulations, you have a style. <laughs> That's, so the fear of fucking up is both a reasonable one and one not to be feared at all, because it's kind of part of the process. <laughs> Something that, beautiful will come from those ashes. <laughs> I mean, that's actually really good advice. That reminds me of... I can't believe that I'm mentioning him now twice on this show. <laughs> but that's something that I I used to hear Rob Paulson bring up in the past when he had that Talking Tunes podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, he's been a voice actor since the 80s. And he would get calls and people would be like, you know, trying to cast him for something and be like, hey, can you do a Don Knotts impression? Or a mm-hmm. Don Knotts voice. And he's like, well, kind of. I can do a bad impression of Jeff Bennett's good impression of Don Knotts. So if you want a really good impression of Don Knotts, hire Jeff Bennett. If you want something that's vaguely Don Knotts but is sort of turned into its own thing, then yeah, I'll come audition for it. You know, and and so I think there is a kernel of truth in that. In That's how a lot of media is uh, and not just media, but like ideas in general are created is emulating something you care about. And then of course you fuck it up because you're not the same person as whoever made that. And, and then it turns into its own thing right. uh, from there. So maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe so. <laughs> ultimately, like, you know, end of the day, there is not a single creative idea still left in this universe. And every idea was already come up with probably within the first decade that human beings were existing on this planet. And so at this mm-hmm. point, it's really just doing it in different ways. <laughs> I, I agree. So I'd say, you know, I'd say we have a lot to, a lot to give each other this year if we're if we're going into that route. We'll we'll see what happens the weekend of April 8th. <laughs> when we when we have the 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 summit, yeah, this is this is gonna be that the our equivalent of like that one Pixar like creatives meeting at that cafe where they came up with like all the big oh yeah ideas. the diner meeting yeah that I'm sure happened yeah I'm sure that totally happened <laughs> I'm sure they came up with like a thousand things and like those like eight movies that came out of that were the only good ones yeah <laughs> Even with some shit like I don't know like. A, chicken fried steak as a person i don't fucking know who gives a shit the <laughs> animator animator creatives are some of the most buckwild people i've ever known from what few that i've met in my life and i fear them and respect them but mostly fear them <laughs> and really isn't that all we can we can hope for <laughs> i mean yeah the one the one thing we can always hope for is that we are the absolute most buckwild person in whatever particular niche we have found. Because by God, that means we'll at least get noticed. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, and besides that, I do have one other resolution. Um, okay. But it's sort of tacked on to a resolution that 
I not only made last year, but I actually, I think I succeeded in. And that was just that I, uh, whenever it comes to like actually watching things and trying to, you know, intake more culture, I end up killing myself because I, I try to go too hard. And then I, I end up with like what I had in <laughs> uh, 2020, which <laughs> I didn't intend to do, but, you know, watch every mainline animated Disney film. And then I had to squeeze in like 15 in the last two weeks. <laughs> but um, the one I came up with last year is I just wanted to have at least one new thing to talk about every time we did the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and I think I did that. And part of that was the fact that I kept going to the theaters to like watch new things. Um, but also just stepping outside of my comfort zone and, and trying to watch things in genres that I'm not as comfortable with or things I'm sort of unfamiliar with. Uh, this letterboxed account that I have the All the Trophies letterboxed account, I ended up copying a bunch of other people's lists that I found interesting. Hmm. Uh, and I have films added to my own watch list. And I found this neat little program someone made online. It's called like the Watch List Picker or something mm-hmm. that I feed all this information into. I just hit a button and it gives me a random movie from all of that. And I want to not only keep going to the theaters, but every now and then I want to pull that up and just hit the button and then literally just watch whatever comes up and not even think about it. You know, that's a, that's a pretty good, that's, that's the modern equivalent of like browsing around the movie channels and like HBO or something. Right. You know, I, I just, you know, I, I want to have the sort of control to just hit it once and then go with the flow instead of clicking it like 10 times, because then that really is the equivalent of scrolling through the, you know. Yeah, true. Like, eh, don't want to watch that. Don't want to watch that. So don't question it. Let the, we'll see how that goes. Let the random shit of the universe to show you the way. Yes. <laughs> there is no fate. There is only chaos. There's only chaos in Zool and... I don't know. Whatever the fuck's going on in Hollywood these days, that's as close to chaos as it can get. That's all I got. I I have no other resolutions. I think those are both good. Just be creative. Watch more things, and I think that'll help me be more creative because I'll get more ideas. Yeah. Everything sort of feeds into itself. I think, like, I think I'm good with the one. I think I'm going to try to mm-hmm. just, I think I'm just going to try to paint more for one thing just because so I can just have that as just like a little activity because I do enjoy doing it. I just got to have like a goal in mind when I do it. Um, you know, I've got some new drafting equipment, so I'm going to try to do some more technical drawings just for the hell of it. Um, I have a better computer now that I can actually run AutoCAD on, so I have a light version on there that I'll be using for myself. And just like, ultimately, I have had all these different ideas floating around especially for this new D world that i just gotta put down i gotta put it somewhere i gotta make it real and i really genuinely just want to do that and i think this is as good a time as any to get that shit going so cool let's... i would i'd love to be a player in yeah. whatever world you create i'm trying like i'll i'll avoid giving the details on here in case someone decides to steal those ideas no that's okay <laughs> yeah don't do that <laughs> yeah because no. like i've also been inspired by there's another um D. It, it was a D animated series on youtube called fool's gold um mm. and it's a you know fun series it's got a lot of cool shit and it's about this it's by this girl who is a character in i think her boyfriend's um homebrew world and she started making a series about like a lot of their encounters in the game. 
And it got so successful that they were able to do a Kickstarter for making like a full like sellable module of this of this homebrew world, and it got a ton of support. Um, I, I including me, I actually contributed to it because I love it so much. I think like cool. They I think they promised. I think they were asking like a three hundred thousand. They ended up with like near just under two point five mil. Um, <laughs> so it went well. Like they were even advertised on Critical Role. Um, and so that was also another spring action of like, you know what? I could do that. I could 100% create a world that is able to be like advertised and sold. I think I'm fully capable of that. And it's about time that I start doing some shit that's like actually kind of productive towards that. Because <laughs> goddamn, if I don't have all the ideas in my head already, I just got to put them somewhere. <laughs> damn this process. <laughs> This process of you making can do it, it real. I believe in you. You can do it. Well, thank I'm you. I'm sure of it. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's that's probably the biggest resolution is I want to make genuine progress towards that and just being creative in general. All right. Sound, sounds uh, fair enough. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Nothing world shattering, but you know. Things pretty good for me. All right. Yeah, normally this would be the point where we're like, oh, what other recommendations or, you know, I guess so. I guess socials. But otherwise, I think we kind of touched on everything we tend to. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I guess I do have socials. I, I forgot we usually do give those out at the end, even on the end of your podcast. Yeah. So I guess I can do that real quick. Um, go ahead and, you know, follow us on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. We're on uh apple Podcasts, google play youtube spreaker stitcher Podbay, iHeartRadio, radio podomatic all those uh good ones our hosts are at anchor uh thank you anchor of course uh feel free to you know rate leave reviews and comment and all the stuff or if you want to forego the stars and instead contact us directly you can do so at, uh by sending an email to they remade it at gmail.com as i've mentioned uh we like to get suggestions through there. We have one recently that's probably going to impact our picks for early next year. Um, we always like to get those, but also, you know, just leave feedback, comments, or just if you want to talk, go ahead and shoot us something there. Uh, always make sure that stuff gets read. Yeah. And uh, it's just nice, you know. <laughs> we we like we like knowing that there are people out there. You know, we we tend to. I don't know if it's been made abundantly clear. We're not super social people, ultimately. But no, um, and that's fine with us. We're introverted guys. But you know, it's cool knowing that you know we make a difference, even just a little bit in people's lives. Just to kind yeah. of that someone gives a shit about our ramblings. I have no idea someone why you cares. would. Truly, I am <laughs> baffled that anyone might even begin to care about these words that we're saying us geriatric young men um (laughs) but it does it does make me happy when that does happen so i can can hardly dissuade you from enjoying it i agree god knows i've enjoyed worse things (laughs) (laughs) fuck man i still enjoy the fallout series (laughs) that's that's something it's gotten bad (laughs) (laughs) but that's a whole other story for a podcast that i have no intention to make (laughs) Oh, and uh, last social at that, uh, follow us on Twitter at it remade. 
uh, to get updates for the podcast, new episodes, potential future episodes that we may do, uh, full circle diagrams that I enjoy putting together, and uh, posters for suggestions that we've made on the show in the future, or in the past. Oh, I don't know how we do it in the future. But also <laughs> things that we've recently been watching, playing, etc. So, Just doing our yet. new normal bullshit. Yep, that is, uh, that is it. Well, 2021, you were significantly better than your predecessor, but that bar was on the fucking floor. So, <laughs> you know, I I think it was an okay year. Honestly, for the simple fact that nothing, at least advi- like ill-advisedly bad happened in my life, I can't really say it was bad. <laughs> it was an okay year. I can't say. I, I thought it was fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna knock on wood for this one because God knows there's a few days left. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think I think we wrapped it pretty nicely. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's like, I know. <laughs> all I know is that that one giant effigy goat statue that didn't burn for a lot of years did get burned, and now everyone's like, okay, maybe this will save us for next year. And you know what? Tears helping. like wicker sacrifices have worked in the past apparently like we've had precedence of that in this show (laughs) so fuck it praise all all praise to the burning goat (laughs) oh i'm sure people are gonna love to hear that yeah i mean (laughs) like honestly that's one of the less weird things i've said on this show uh fair i've said some things (laughs) I will not try to break that record. Fair enough. I'm, that totally makes sense. So, uh, into the new year. I think that I think that just about wraps us for this year. I think so too. And we'll be off on our kind of break for the for the month of January, and then we'll be right back at it. But I think I think we've both earned a bit of a rest. This has been a busy last month. We usually take a month off. Yeah. So, so enjoy your Januarys, everybody, and. To all of you, a very happy new year, and I hope you are all healthy and safe. Have a good night, everybody.